Okay, I got coffee. Let's start the show. Welcome to This Is Only a Test. This is episode 36, recorded November 11, 2010. I'm Will Smith. I'm really excited today. We have a – something special is happening today. As always, Norman Chan, thanks for coming on. I like the British. Yes. Norm Norm is pro-England today, which is contrary to his normal position. Uh, Also joining us, uh, super – something I'm really excited about, uh, one of my favorite podcasts in the world back in the early days of podcasting, you know, two or three years ago, uh, was this show called Game Theory. And it's uh, my dear friend Gary Whitta was a part of that. Uh, Gary's here today. Hello. And also joining us is Colin Campbell, the other co-host, I mean, a host, I guess, of Game Theory. Yeah, I guess I was the co-host. It's nice to be back host. in podcast land. So Colin, um, at the time, I guess, Gary, you were kind of a roaming freelancer slash columnist for uh, PC Gamer and writing screenplays and stuff like that. Colin, you were at Edge and NextGen? Yeah, I was doing Edge Online as a freelancer, and now I'm uh, running a content agency in Santa Cruz. Okay. So what happened was in November of 20, 2008, around, I think, episode 63, if my math is correct, Game Theory just went off the air. Yeah, well, you know, Colin and I had this idea to do a uh, a gaming podcast. It was a little bit more about kind of the business and you know, behind the scenes of... Was of it, gaming. It was it was the McNeil Lehrer News Hour of gaming. Podcast, yeah, it was a little I more think. elevated, a little more NPR esque, a little bit more uh, highbrow, or as highbrow as as Colin and I could possibly make it, given <laughs> our inherent limitations. Well, you but, have the right um, accents. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you know, no matter what we say, just because of the accent kind of makes it sound more authoritative than it than it really was. But um, you know, it, after years of, of editing games magazines, I started to become more, more and more interested in you know, the behind the scenes and the business side of gaming. And Colin actually edited a magazine called Games Business yeah. for a while that was about the games industry. And so we, we found it interesting to talk about, you know, the story behind the story. And we did it for a while. And then it just got to a point about two years ago where, uh, you know, what, what I had going on, what Colin had going on, and also Jeremy, our uh, podcast, kind of the third voice on the podcast and the guy that actually made Jeremy the, Williams. Jeremy uh, Williams. Yes. The guy actually made the, Technical side of it happened. It just be, it was just becoming increasingly difficult for all three of us to get on the microphone at the same time every week. So we had to say goodbye, and it's kind of sad for us and sad for our small but faithful army of followers who were constantly tweeting me and asking me if we're ever going to bring Game Theory <laughs> back. And I think the short answer is no, because Colin and I are still as busy then as we, now or, as or we more were then, so, if not more so. Be, be. But we were we we were able to uh, get the both of us here for kind of a little mini Game Theory reunion. So thanks, Will, for. Oh, I, providing I, hey, the platform for th- that to thank happen. Thank you for setting it up. I'm I'm stoked that Colin was able to come up from because you're down south, someplace Santa Cruz or yeah, down in Santa like Cruz. That. I mean, I I do miss doing the doing the podcast every week with Gaz, but it got to the point where we sort of knew what each other was going to say before we actually said it. So uh, <laughs> if, if it's like that for us, it's probably like that for, for the listeners too. So uh, it, it probably ran its course. Yeah, we'll I think I think we had a couple of we had a couple of good years there, but we we knew when 
when the time was right to take it out into the into the into the field and shoot. Given the, the old head. yellow treatment, yeah, basically. Okay, but so we're having a little little bit of mini nostalgia uh, trip down memory lane today. So yeah, so okay, so a little different format than normal for this is only a test. What we're going to do is do the normal stuff we talk about. What we've been testing. Yeah, hit on the news. It's kind of a big gaming week because Connect came out last week. Windows Phone Seven is out now. Uh, I feel like we're finally at a place where we can look at you know motion gaming version two point and kind of like take stock of what's happening with Connect and Move uh, a, 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 from a larger perspective than just oh hey this actually works and and these games are kind of okay. Um, and then talk about uh, some of the other stuff that's out right now. You know, there's a bunch of interesting hardware that we've been testing. Let's let's do that first. Norm, what are you, what are you testing this week? Can I can um, I, I, just, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just got to say for all the talk of those Windows Phone Seven commercials about how they're going to liberate you from being hypnotically attached to your phone, all through this podcast so far, Norm has been hypnotically attached to his Windows Seven phone. I'm going to take it away. I, I've uh, mastered the art of driving and also. Oh no! Oh, oh no. my God! It's easier with the Windows Seven phone. Oh dear Lord! That's that's wrong on so many different levels. But anyway, what have you been, Norm? You've been testing Windows Seven. Phone. Um, let's not talk about Windows Seven phone first. Uh, I almost want to get the Nvidia announcement out of the way since that was also that's big PC gaming news. Oh, they released uh, a new card. Nvidia released, announced, and released their GTX five eighty series card, and we have a re- full review on the site with benchmarks. Um, this is their follow up to the four eighty, which was only released seven months ago. Yes. And it is their tick upgrade, meaning it's not a completely new architecture. It is optimized and higher clock. Updated. Um, $500 high-end, yeah. best single GPU video card you can buy right now. Okay. And, I mean, you feel like it's good? Is it how they do it on power and all? I mean, you've, I read the review, but uh, it's, uh, give, us the, give us the short ju- version. Just about the same amount of power, a little bit less power than the 480. They do have two new chips on the board okay. um, that monitor power. So uh, if it reaches max TDP, uh, then it will uh, underclock the board a little bit. So it's kind of like Intel. That sounds kind of shitty. Technology. So if I was looking to, buy, to build a, a monster PC gaming rig today, this is the card that you would recommend? If you were to, uh, if you want, if you had to buy it today, then that yes, is very I would coy. This card, that fifty-eight seventy that I put in the machine we built a, a few months ago. Yes. How is that already starting to look a bit long in the nope. tooth now? It's the Not second fan- fastest single. GPU okay, so it's still available. still pretty decent. That is, this card is fifteen percent faster than your card. Okay, but it's twice as much, twice as expensive. Twice yeah. as expensive. You can get a fifty-eight seventy for two fifty bucks right now. And still, you were saying on on uh, IM the other day when we were talking about this, even though they've said they got the power reduction right now, it's still quite noisy. It's, it's, no, no, th- th- it's actually it's quiet, it's but it's quieter, still hu- power hungry. But power hungry. Okay, right. So it still uses a lot of power at idle. At idle uses about forty. I just don't. Watts, I was right. playing when I've been playing Black Ops on my PC. You know, blops. Like a, you mean blops? Sorry, blops. we're trying to get that to stick. Cod blops. Cod blops. Cod, I'm playing cod, cod blops. blops is a thing now. When I'm playing cod blops on my PC. Um, that that machine sounds like a goddamn leaf blower. Yeah. Well, also, Cod Blops has problems with um, managing like CPU and GPU. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's let's so let's get into what, what else have we been testing. You've been so you spent some time with the GeForce, GeForce five eighty, Western Digital GTX, TV, Western Digital TV review for that's going up next week. Uh, and uh, we also got the Boxy Box. Okay. Uh, so we said we, we we were here late last night playing with that, testing it out. Yes, we don't play with things. We don't play with things. Um, so by the time you Except hear this, we will have the first look. A boxian was launched on Wednesday. They had a big event in New York uh, where they made some interesting announcements. Um, if you've watched our first look video already, the one thing that we were wrong about is that Netflix won't just be an app; it will be fully integrated into their menu. Really? 
Oh, that's interesting. So they so they were having that announcement as we were recording the first look last as night. We were, so. Yeah, and no one else has the boxy box. Actually, they didn't give out any review units. So oh, interesting. So we should get that up as quickly uh, as we it, can. It I haven't looked at the. Is the first look video up yet? The Not yet. Look? Anna's okay. editing it right now. Well, By the me, time so you hear this. Give me a preview of the first look. I mean, so I, I bought the $99 Apple TV. Right. Like, in, in comparison to that, how is this thing? Well, like? so this is 200 bucks. So uh, twice as expensive off the bat. I don't like that. Much more capable. So instead of just being a front end for the iTunes Music Store, which is what the Apple TV box is, plus right. a Netflix app, right. this gives you access to pretty much all of the, the TV that's like buried on – Flash websites for at like CBS.com and NBC.com. It goes out, scrapes that, all the stuff from South Park Studios. Basically, there's a boatload of free TV out there if you don't mind sitting in front of your computer to watch, to watch Wait, your so TV the Flash, shows. So the Flash-enabled TV shows that the, the, the network websites are putting yes, up, you, this will give you access? This gives you access to you those access in the living room. Browser. Well, that's, that's like, great because I, I, you know, we were talking just yesterday about how I – mean, I'm sure we'll get to this – the irony of how on Google TV – a yeah, lot of that content's being, being made unavailable. Yeah. yeah. So Apple TV and BoxyBox, as, as they stand right now, because Boxy doesn't have Netflix built in, they're perfect complements because Apple, you have really great Netflix and you have really great rentals for movies and TV. Like, right. The, the services are great. On Boxy, you have no Netflix, but you have really great local playback. Wait, I think, you, said well, you, I think you just said Netflix was going to be It's coming. It will. It's okay. not there it's coming. yet. coming. But like also a firmware the, update the best web, uh, web video. Well, the, the the so the big question is Jeff Jeff bought a boxy box the same time we did. He took his home last night and plugged it in. Had trouble with local playback through UPnP. He's using kind of a questionable UPnP server. So the thing that streams it over the network from your server, desktop PC, or whatever into the box in the living room. So it'll do all that local streaming as well. Theoretically, we haven't actually tested that yet. So that's that's that'll be part of the review or follow up in podcast next week. So what are the for if I want to spend money to rent or purchase? TV shows or movies. Yeah, what are the Apple services TV. that this is? Well, this works with Voodoo. Do that. This works with Voodoo. Okay. That's what about the Amazon store? No, not yet. All right. My hunch would be that there'll be an Amazon plugin at some point. This is this what's device. still so confusing and fragmented to me about the the the, the TV market online is that Islands you know if you content. want if you want this you got to buy that box if you want that you got to buy this box and it's just yeah there's, it's, there's still no one dominant solution. I, I went to a I was at a conference yesterday where they talked where like that was one of the big topics of conversation and manufacturers from set top boxes like Motorola and smaller places like like Roku and all those guys as well as TV manufacturers were there. And they don't have an answer. Like there's no – the plan that they have for integrating all of this app development around TV shows, uh, what they call it is over the top, which I think means over the top of cable, over the internet. Um, distribution is to do everything in HTML5 and have like common Well, everyone widgets. wants to be the new iTunes for video. But there is – I mean Apple TV already has iTunes for video. But everyone – there's Blockbuster – Netflix. Everybody's Hulu, trying. Hulu. Netflix is the clear winner on on the right. blockbuster Netflix. But, like but pay, that's not a money pay maker. all you can eat. That's not a money maker for for studios. I mean, that's why there's the uh, the the a la carte model. People people want to dominate that. Well, you know, it's the same. It's the same staggered distribution thing they've been doing in movies for decades. Where they you know, there's the initial release, and then there's the DVD purchase release, and then there's the pay per view release or pay per view release DVD purchase release Netflix release, which is a new thing. Like the Netflix instant release has kind of slotted in between the DVD release window and when it's on HBO and Showtime and Stars and and TBS and stuff like that. Surely the last thing that the, uh, the networks and the studios want is a, is a dominant player, somebody totally Yeah, they, they want everybody at each other's throats so that uh, – For so as that, long as possible. Yeah, indefinitely. And 
And I mean, there's kind of an antitrust thing when you're looking at that kind of distribution because should Netflix become the predominant way to distribute movies online, then there's a huge problem for the studios, Netflix, and that ecosystem in general. But it's not that different to how to the business model that TV networks have to deal with right now, right? Where they're dealing with Comcast and Time Warner and like a small handful of cable providers that have the have monopolies yeah, the, in those markets. That's pretty well established, and those monopolies are pretty heavily regulated in in the ways that the networks care about. I mean, and the networks are monopoly are, are kind of monopolistic as well, right? I mean, they control access. It, the whole thing is it's a it's a super super confusing marketplace right now, and that that that. If, if, to me, it feels it feels like Netflix is is more about renting movies and old stuff, old TV series, and Hulu is about what's happening. What you know, what was on TV last night? Uh, well, th- I mean, yeah, Hulu is definitely about what's Hulu is definitely about advertising and giving you access to current kind of TV programming. The Hulu Plus pay service, which is I think the ten dollar a month add on, lets you bring Hulu into your living room and also gives you access to. You know, where 30 Rock will only have four or five episodes on Hulu, it'll give you the entire season or run of the show, depending on the By the way, the Hulu show. Plus is now available for PS3 without you having to have the additional PlayStation Plus subscription. Oh, so that's nice. That's become a little bit more accessible. Oh, I didn't know that. But it's interesting what you just said, Colin, because it, it, this seems to be a situation where what consumers want and what the TV networks want are totally opposed. Well, I, want, one, I want one place where I can go get everything. But what you were just saying is the net, for the networks, it's more interesting for them for them to be able to say, well, this is fragmented enough that if I don't like your deal, I can go deal with, with well, they someone want to else. Play everything off the middle. They don't want. They don't want Apple owning no. all the pipes, so they have to accept no. Apple's terms. No. They want Apple to own the a certain market that they can make the most money off, and then right. and then still have Netflix. But Netflix, I think, is that uh, it, it's it's their rental service. Like, couldn't a studio say we don't want instant streaming for our DVDs? They will absolutely. I mean, I mean the, the, they're the mercy of those studios. Most of the interesting thing on uh, things on Netflix right now are there because of that Stars Play deal. So basically, Stars, when they license content from studios, says, "Hey, we want to include this in Stars Play, which is our online distribution." And then Netflix has a deal with Stars. So anytime you start Netflix, a Netflix instant stream, and you see, you know, Stars Play and the do do you know the little tune that they play, that means that's coming through Stars. Which is why I don't have stars. I turned off stars on cable because you know there's like 12 channels of movies. All that stuff is on Netflix instant streaming for the most part. I, I don't need that. Netflix has actually done a great job recently of really boosting its instant streaming library. There was a time where you'd go on there and all you'd get is like really old. Crap. Yeah, it's like a boy and his dog. And you're like, wow, well, okay, I, I yeah. could watch Don Johnson. Some new releases. They're, they're time sensitive though. So it is like the, the HBO model. Well, like c- certain studios like Warner Brothers have – a 30-day thing built in even to the disc side where, let's say, you know, a movie comes out on DVD, you can't actually rent it through Netflix for like a 30-day window. Right, right. But then then 90 days after that, it'll show up on Instant Queue. Right. So, I mean, it's I don't think Eli is on Instant Queue, for example. Yeah. No, because, again, certain studios will hold that stuff back right. for longer. But uh, Netflix actually reached a, a cool milestone recently. You see, they said now that the majority of their business is people streaming rather yeah. than getting the discs. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that, say, that's their future of Netflix. I'll tell you one market where Netflix are, are really huge at the moment is small children. I've got, I've got two, two lads. Um, and Netflix is the biggest brand in their life. Oh, and, I'm sure. And, and they have a, a lot of kids programming. They have there. a lot of kids programming. Obviously, with small kids, you can show them things again and again. But you don't mm-hmm. really need to because Netflix has got so much stuff. And so the number of DVDs that I'm buying... Uh, for my children now is maybe one or two a year. I might get them to Toy Story 3 for Christmas. Right. And that's going to be it. 
because Netflix has got has got you covered, and and also I don't have that. You know, we don't have a television at our house, so there's no Cartoon Network. I don't I don't have to consume advertising. Right. For ten bucks a month or nine bucks a month, it's an absolute steal. Yeah. Well, and how do you how do you, I mean? Do you have a? Are you using like Xbox or something for them Xbox, to go through? Yeah. So they're using. And how's like the parental controls and stuff like that on that? I've never actually looked at that. Um, I haven't either, but, uh, but my, my children are, are so young that it's not it's okay. a problem at this you just, point. You just queue it up and, and they sit down. And uh, I've got an older son who's 13, and I don't even bother to try and outfox him. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's no... You just got to trust them. You are point, interesting yeah. to me, though, Colin, as someone who has managed to, to cut the cord or, or the cable. and now you're, So you're living, all your content that you get in the house TV-wise is all coming through Xbox or Netflix or one of these services. You don't have, like, regular TV programs. Yeah, we watch Hulu shows and, and, and Netflix and... and uh, yeah, everybody's, like, around the laptop, or you have the laptop hooked up to a TV? I've got, got a, one of those Big Macs. That, okay. Big new ones, and, and a, an Xbox attached to a I could go for a Big Mac right now. I just find uh, cable <laughs> horrendously expensive. I, I, I just moved house, and, you know, the guy came around to link me up, and he was like, do you want cable? And I, there was a moment where I was, yeah, maybe I'll do it, maybe I'll yeah, do it. give me the needle. And I was thinking give me about the sports and everything, and I just said, no, no, no. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I said no, because, you know, if I want to watch a big sport, game uh, you, you can usually find it on the internet or you can go to a bar and watch it it's not yeah of course cool. yeah, it well, is kind of outrageous I, I pay probably a hundred bucks a month for the TV portion of my ca- I mean plus, it's all probably. I have the cable internet and the phone it's all like in the, the, the triple plan well, that's thing. the trap right you but never the, know what you're paying for the, anything then the cable TV part of it is probably somewhere in the region of a hundred bucks a month and 95% of that content I will I never ever watch I watch a half a dozen different shows um, you know I, 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 I want to be able to get to this a la carte model but there's there's nothing there yet I guess like I, I, if I cut the cable tomorrow, the majority of stuff that I want to watch, I could I could get online like Thirty Rock and The Office and shows that I own house and the shows that I actually do watch every week. I can still get those through the various services. But sometimes it is fun just to channel stuff and go, "Ooh, look what they're making!" Oh, on the look, hey, look, look, knives! They're selling knives on yes. shopping. Is this that guy that look? It's solid. Bangs the knife, cuts his leg. You're waiting for the disaster and you miss that. On the other hand, I mean, I don't really feel like I would miss much. If I didn't have the, I, I don't, I'm not a channel surfer. I use TiVo. I come home, I look at the list of things that are in the, that are in the queue and I watch something out of there. I never, ever, except for football games, I like ne- channel surfing. never, ever queue up and just boom, 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 go but through the channels. The trouble with Hulu is that they're only carrying five or six adverts. And so you're seeing the same ads again and again. It's even yeah. worse than television. And you get to the point where you actually loathe the brands that you're seeing because when you've seen an ad 20, 30, 40, 50 times, that's just too many times for anybody. I don't even, even though it's fewer ads per show. Yeah. 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 I've been reading this um, this book. I just got done reading it called The War for Late Night about the whole Lennon-Conan debacle uh-huh. that played out uh, last year. And um, there was some really interesting stuff at the back of it where they, you know, he was talking to the various NBC executives and different people like Lorne Michaels and different people have you know interesting things to say about television. So the part of the reason why Conan was struggling to get ratings on The Tonight Show and why it's increasingly difficult as you go younger with the audience, like Conan's big thing is that he appeals to a younger audience. Right. The problem is the younger audience doesn't watch The Tonight Show at 11 p.m. the way anyone else does. They'll either watch it on DVR or they increasingly just wait for some viral clip to show, oh, you've got to see what Conan did last yeah. night. You just go get it on YouTube. And it's killing conventional ratings and the way that people... Well, but then, think of as as you know the, the traditional viewing habit. Then yeah, you Saturday look, Night Live is is going to be the same have, have the same sort of problem, isn't right? It? I mean, I, I don't even watch. No, I, I I failed to um, TiVo Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. I usually do. I usually watch it the next day. Yeah, you have coffee through, on Sunday morning. Fast forward through the stuff that isn't funny, which right. is like most of it, and yeah. you just watch a couple of the clips that look promising. Weekend update and and yeah, exactly. Or you know, or what increasingly people do now is you just wait. You know, you you wait until Monday. People go, oh, Saturday Night Live did this one great digital short. You just go oh, yeah. get it on Hulu. You don't need to go to the whole buffet anymore. I mean, and, and that that speaks to the larger 
problem. I mean, for decades, we've been told, oh, yeah, we're coming into the world of thousands of TV channels. Like, you're going to have all the content you ever imagined. It turns out I don't really want thousands of TV channels. I want one channel that exclusively shows stuff that I want to watch. I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want three different food channels with three different food people talking about well, and you, and you cooking basically and making have that. food That's called, called your DVR menu, right? Well, it's the stuff that you've recorded on your DVR is, is that channel. Yeah, but then I'm paying – I'm, I'm, I'm paying an opportunity cost for the opportunity to watch – an infinite amount of content that I don't care about, and I'm paying a ridiculous amount of money for that. I'm paying twelve hundred dollars a year plus, probably for the, for that cable, and I, I don't I don't see the value at all. I mean, I'd much rather pay ten bucks a year or ten bucks a month for uh, twenty four. Not that that's a show anymore. I mean, this is other things. I don't watch TV anymore. I find as I as as I have been, I have things that I'd much rather do with my time. Um, whether it's sit on the iPad and play goofy iPad games or fire up the Xbox and pay, pay, play COD Ops, Blops, what is COD, it? COD Blops, Blops. <laughs> COD Blops, or... you got to get it right if we're going to make I it know, stick. I know, I know, I know. But, I mean, there's just so many better things I can do with my time now. I mean, the, the thing that I miss is, is AMC and HBO because they make top-notch television. And, yeah. And, and because I'm not connected, you know, I have to wait for them to come out on, on iTunes or, yeah. or whatever. Right. AMC shows are usually on iTunes the next day, right? Yeah. Uh, well, Walking Dead was on iTunes the, ne- yeah, the so next you, day. You buy, yeah. you buy those tunes on uh, those shows. But, uh, you know, if there was a way to just subscribe to HBO online for 12 bucks a year or 12 right. bucks a year, I would happily do that. HBO, or, I think, has been the slowest to kind of get with the, the online model, right? Well, you still can't get their shows online. I mean, and the, and, and the thing is, HBO is a revenue driver for both the cable companies and for HBO. Because, I mean, there's a big markup on the cost that HBO – the money that, H, that Comcast charges you to get HBO – uh, is a significant amount more than what HB, they're paying HBO for for your use. Not, I mean, it's not like ninety percent more, but it's, you mean they, they subsidize it's that. a it's a seventy thirty split or something like that. It's the traditional tra- traditional. I mean, it's not public, of course, but that's the that's the guess. The other thing that I'm increasingly willing to do is just wait for the DVD box that's to it. come out and just watch the and especially if it's a show that I'm really into, I can watch three or four in a row if that, if I feel like. I, it. I, that's, I that's watch Mad Men like a movie. Yeah, I mean, I I get a disc for Mad Men. I get the Blu-rays. I sit down. I watch two episodes at a time. And, you know, we go through a whole season in like a week and a half. And, and that's all. I, I mean, I'm perfect. I don't – nobody talks about TV shows at the water cooler anymore, so I'm not missing anything there. And, I mean, I get it without ads. I get higher resolution. It looks better than it does on Comcast. And I'm, I'm not out of anything. One of the problems I have with the Boxy Box, and I'm okay watching web videos on my computer because I can watch it like, in the window and I can multitask with that. But if I'm watching the home theater, even with the Boxy Box, and it's, even if it's just scraped and streamed, the quality discrepancies between different sources it's huge. to me. Yeah. So I hate that on South Park Studios, I get the white, you know, I get decent quality and the player is pretty transparent. But if I'm watching something from CBS, you know, the quality is crap and the bit rates are different. Well, it looks like YouTube just, from three years ago. That's that's the reason I would still. That'll just improve something. across the board as time. Goes. Over time, of course. Time, but right time now, that's, that's a big problem. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, Boxy Box, let's see. I bought a TV this weekend. That's right, because your TV blew up. Smoke right? came from my TV at like 11 o'clock on you heard, Saturday. You heard like that fatal pop. Well, I was sitting there. I was like, man, the picture looks really bad. I wonder if something's wrong with my Blu-ray player because we were watching a movie. Or maybe I, – I actually was streamed across the network. I was like, maybe something's wrong with the network streaming thing because that's always a little bit, you know, bailing twine and, and spit. Uh, so all, my wife says, do you smell something? I said, oh, man, it, smell, it smells like burning electronics in here. And then the TV like started getting these weird lines across. I was like, oh, unplug it quick. Run, run, run. So my eight-year-old plasma finally bit the dust and, and I moved from the land of 720p into the glorious – 240 hertz, uh, 1080p, 
infinite black depths plasma. I bought a Panasonic plasma. It's like as a as a, as a tech ridiculous. lover, when you knew that the TV was done for, when you started seeing the smoke come up, was there a part of you that was secretly going, well, "Yes, new TV." Part of me, I've reached a point in my life where part of me is sad because I've gotten cheap. And part of me was really excited because I was like, I get to go to Best Buy. What's that? Because you didn't relish the prospect of spending money on a new I would, TV? I, I would have rather waited until like March of next year to spend money on a new TV. But on the other hand, now I don't have any HDMI problems. You so know, how, did you, how did you set about going shopping for this new TV? So, well, that's, there's, there's obviously a lot to consider. So I've been looking. I mean, I've, I've kind of been paying attention both on a professional level and on a personal level for about since CES last year, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'd always been looking at LG's. Flat panels, Panasonic's plasmas, Sony and Samsung. Because I wanted to, I, I, you know, it's something I use all the time. I want to have a really, really nice TV in the living room. And it's, it is, it is a tricky time to be buying a new TV with 3D just now coming in. It's like, do you th- to 3D or not yeah. 3D? Like that's a whole I mean, question you, that's quite tricky. Do you pay the premium for 3D now, knowing it's probably going to be a pack-in feature next year, or you know, do you take the risk and buy a TV that doesn't have 3D? On the chance that 3D becomes a really huge thing in the next two or three years, and you and you and you, and you bit the bullet, right? You paid the extra I, I, for the 3D. I, I paid extra for the 3D, um, but I, I really more paid extra for the better comb filter and stuff like that in the more expensive TV. I mean, that that was looking at the not 3D plasma or LCD and the 3D one, like the the picture quality on upres stuff, so standard def content. So much better on the more expensive TV than on the cheaper TV. The crazy thing about the 3D side, though, is, I mean, you're, you're definitely future-proof now, and I'm yeah. sure you will see the benefit down the road. But it's kind of ridiculous the way that, as of right now, there's almost nothing you can do with the 3D Cod blobs. Por- portion of that. Cod blobs, Cod blobs and, and that is, in fact, movie. the first the, so the first no, enslaved. game. Enslaved, oh, really? enslaved, also, they patched in a 3D mode like Wait, a month not, after release. On PC version, you're talking about. No, I'm talking about all three. So Xbox and PS3, Cod blobs on wow. the TV. It just the, it just seems like any any like when a console comes out, you expect there to be a launch lineup. Yes. If 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 this had been if three like, if this had been a console, yes. we'd be saying that this launch lineup is the worst ever. I mean, there's almost nothing to do yeah, with the 3D. It's a trickle out kind of thing. I mean, because it's because it's a real incremental change. People upgrade their TVs every five or ten years, so it's not it's not like all of a sudden everybody's going to have 3D TVs. I mean, that that's where they mucked up this release is they tried to squeeze money out of the high end people. By making 3D TVs a, a $2,000 and up TV option rather than just saying, look, we can make 120 hertz panels. It doesn't cost us anything else. Let's put all these 120 hertz panels out and then sell glasses so that everybody has this thing that's sitting there in their living room waiting to do this awesome thing rather than say, oh, well, you know, if you want to take advantage of this, you're going to have to shake hand that old 50-inch TV that you just paid a th- you know, $1,000, $1,500 for two years ago and that you're not going to move into your bedroom. You're not going to – there's no – there's no upgrade path for a 50 inch TV. Right, it's just got to go out. The door. Get, you got you get rid of it. Yeah. So I mean that that's the mistake. The TV manufacturers got greedy, and it's hurting the adoption of 3D stuff. Not I, I'm still not convinced, even after paying COD blops, that 3D is something that's worth spending money on. So you went I mean, with it's neat. You went with plasma, I and with plasma. I, I'm, I've been out of the. I haven't been following this very closely, but back in the day, plasma was a thing that you didn't want because of the burning issues. They've fixed they fix, all that. They, they fixed that. Panasonic had some uh, black fading issues with the 2009 models, but it seems like they fixed that with the 2010 models. And it's good for gaming. It's yeah, it's 600 hertz, so it's good for gaming. You can adjust refresh rates, and I mean, it basically, you get a good multiplier on 24 hertz content, 30 hertz content, and 60 hertz content. So why would someone buy LCD instead of plasma? Because uh, LCD is more expensive. I, I mean, I think you buy LCD because it uses a little bit less power. They can be thinner. Um, this TV weighs about 140 pounds. I think the oh. the comparable size 
LCD from LG was like 59. So huh. it's, it's easier to that mount on the wall. And the LCDs are literally like five credit cards thick where this is like an inch and a half, two inches. Right. But once it's situated, who cares how that, thick I mean, that, it is? That, that's, You're not looking at the side of the thing. We were literally in the in Best Buy, my wife and I, looking at the sides of TVs. And, I, and she said, you know what? Why does this – if we hang this on the wall, who fucking cares if it's five inches thick or, or, or through two inches thick or you know, a, a five centimeters? I mean it doesn't matter. There's right. no – I guess five centimeters is two inches, but anyway, it does, it, thickness is ultimately. It's the same thing I say about the Apple TV. Who cares if the Apple the Apple TV is super tiny? It sits in your entertainment center. You're never ever going to look at it. So this is on the wall. It's on the. I haven't I haven't hung it yet, but we're going to. Yeah, it's big. I'm in the. You guys will have to come. I'm going to. Yeah, I want to check it out because I know my old DLP is on it. I'm, I'm just. I'm in the market. Let's go. Let's go shopping, Gary. Yeah, we should both. We should all upgrade our TVs. I'm yeah. buying a TV. The pr- the problem with the DLP now. is after about two yeah. years, you're constantly watching your your TV in a state of. Low grade anxiety, waiting for the bulb to blow. Yeah, and, and, and just waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time. Well, and the thing is, the longer you wait, like two years ago, you could have bought a bulb and been like, oh, yeah, I'll just have this on hand for when the bulb goes out. I could have done that. Now it's a waste of money. Well, no, now it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, why would I, why would, because the bulbs are like 250, 300 yeah. bucks. Like, why would I invest it's that? It's a trap. Like, I should just put that towards a whole new TV. Well, let's see. What else? What else have we got going? Connect came out this week. Let's, can we talk about Connect? Well, Connect has got to be the big tech story of the week, surely. Connect and WinPhone 7. I mean, it's a Microsoft week. Yeah, it is. Everybody Microsoft. bitches about us being nothing but Apple. And two weeks ago, we were just talking about how Microsoft is dying as a consumer brand, and here they come back with two massive consumer products. So uh, let me see. Anything else? A uh, couple of things. Before we get into that, a couple of things I want to plug on the site. Taught, we taught Norm how to make coffee the other day. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the video. I, I, we had been asking you to do a, a normal a, coffee a regular video. coffee people. Yes. Although I, somebody already I, – I linked – that on a tweet and I already oh, had a God. couple of people going well that's not regular people coffee because you're still grinding the beans which is kind of high end there's business. nothing you can do to help those people they're they're dead to me but as I pointed out you can just buy you can just have people grind the beans for you go to Starbucks <sighs> have them grind them for you in the store but that's not the point the point of the video was that you want to grind it right before well, you but, but, but this is at least a middle ground you'd have to spend a hundred bucks on a coffee grinder and they're still never fresh ground when you bought them you don't know how never so, compromise Gary oh my God you're never, never compromise you're never going to be a truly regular coffee person Person. I'm not. I'm comfortable. You're always going to be grinding the beans or measuring things in little hey, little jugs. I, I'm going. You, you, I, want, you want to go to Ehow and find out how to make coffee? Right. I'm going to go to Nicaragua grind. next month and manually pick the beans that I want. Let them age. Husk raise them. A civet. Raise it. Yes. In your garage. Feed it the beans. Captive civet. And you're then like you're like Conan O'Brien going to India to spin the silk for his yeah. talk show curtain yeah. by hand. I thought that was a pretty fine bit. Yeah, it was a good bit. It was a good bit. Okay, let's let's uh, let's play some music and go to news. Sounds good. Okay, so three, three things happened this week. Uh, Blops, COD Blops came out. Connect came out last week. Was that, was that already? It seems like so long ago, but it's only been a week, it right? Was, uh, it was last week. It was, was last, last Thursday. Thursday. Are, you, are you really going to put COD Blops on the same level as no, no, Connect no. and Windows Phone 7? Connect, Connect, COD Blops is the biggest release of the year COD for Blop, gaming. COD Blops is going to be, well, Reach. Biggest entertainment release ever. Uh, or the, uh, Reach has got to be up there as well, sure. No, because it's single platform versus multi. Yeah, but the, the, the five people playing it on PS3 count, Gary. Yeah, that's right. Well, the f- the four percent of people playing combined on the PC DS and the Wii, to play on yeah, the PC. yeah. Trying. Well, I've been I've been fairly successful. Okay, but connect, connect, and connect Windows Phone Seven. The- Windows Seven Seven. We're gonna save that. Let's 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 let that stew for a minute. Love discussions. Yeah, connect first. Connect, connect. What do we think about connect? You've used connect. I have, and Carl, have you, I was surprised you, you, went, you went out and. But I was surprised. It's not a one hundred and fifty bucks. It's not a an impulse purchase. What? Why did you buy a connect? Uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I was always a week later. You I, still don't know why no, you bought it. Yeah, I have this test where if I buy something, I spend some money on it. If a week later I feel as if I've I've wasted my money, then I always feel a little bit down. And I kind of feel that way about Connect. You know, I took a long time to buy the iPad, and when I bought it afterwards, I was like, this was the right decision. The same with the new Xbox 360. But with Connect, I don't really feel that way. It's because I think it's asking me to do something that I don't normally do. You know, I do sit around reading magazines, so the iPad is fine. I do sit, you know, I do play games Xbox, but Connect, it's asking me to dance around in my front room. Which I which I, I tend not to do, but you kind of knew that's what it was going to ask you to do going in. Right? I know I got I got sucked in by all, by all the all that <laughs> hype. Well, but the, the thing about it, I love it's just it is a lovely piece of technology. It's a really interesting thing. And it's you, neat. It's neat. You look at it and you think this is the future. I can totally see how uh, people will enjoy video games, enjoy entertainment using this this camera thing. But I don't really feel like it's for me. You know, I'm 40 odd years old and I feel that I, you know, one of the last things I've got left is my dignity. And I feel as if. <laughs> and I would question even that. <laughs> and I feel as if I'm kind of, I kind of lost it a little bit prancing around in my front room. I don't look good, 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 good when they come. I mean, as long as, not long really, as... but I, I, but, and, and also there are, there are other issues with it, which I, which I, which I have problems with, you know, real proper issues, which is, um, it doesn't work properly quite a lot of the time. And then some of the games you play, I think I played the Ubisoft game, which I, which I actually really liked, the different sports that you can play, and I quite enjoyed all that. Um, but I was playing the American football one, oh. and you duck. Hold on just a sec. Oh, no, it's, we're still good. We're still good. It looked like it was going to throw an error, and it's fine. Sorry. So you were playing the... Was, which, playing, which sports game were you playing? Connect Sports or yeah, the... Connect, okay. uh, yeah, I'm playing the American football one, and you, all you've got to do is run along and uh, duck or jump. And it kept getting it wrong, and the timing of it, I, I couldn't quite... I, I had that same problem in Connect Adventures, too. Right. Like, and on that thing where you have to dodge the, the barriers on the on the minecart. Yeah. Like, sometimes you step to the right, and it doesn't really... It's too slow. I had kind yeah. of a problem with Dance Central with that as well, where it wouldn't be it wouldn't score me right, and I would never I could never feel confident knowing if I wasn't doing the move right, or if it just wasn't reading me right. I was talking to Drake about that the other day, uh, because, I mean, I, that's the only game that doesn't do one-to-one motion that I've played so far in Connect, And... I think that they did that because of the lag issue with the one-to-one and the animating of the avatars and all that stuff. But it means that it's really impossible for you to tell what you're doing wrong when you're playing that game. I, I, think, I think a lot of the problems people are having with the hardware not working right is rooms. Like when we bring it out here and we have a big open area and a studio and a green screen and all that stuff, it works really well. When I take it home and I have marginal space between the TV and the and the and where I'm standing, and I have to push some furniture out of the way, and there's a couple of lamps back there, and there's a big glass window behind the couch, it really starts not working well. We've already all. seen some of the comedy videos of people crashing into their furniture and, and elbowing each other in the face, yeah. and that's that's all fun. And uh, there, there, there has been some legitimate connect-related um, injury right oh, there. And uh, Logan Decker. Editor-in-chief of PC Gamer has already been in the emergency room with a broken what? foot. He broke his foot? Connect, connect injury. Wow. I didn't and he know actually that. loves it. He's a big proponent of Connect. He's been saying even, even when he's broke with his foot in a cast or whatever, he still loves this thing and thinks I, it's the future of gaming. I, so, okay, this that's is what everyone says. It's the future of gaming. But it's, it's not, the, not ready right It now. feels like a beta right test for the Xbox 720 to me. feels like they're shelling out, getting people to shell out 150 bucks to try out whatever they're going to roll out in their Wii Killer for for the next generation it's console, just, it's just not it's just not good enough to persuade people to uh, move their furniture around, and, and it's quite a big investment. That's the thing. If yeah. I've got to move my furniture every time I want to play this thing, well, I I got rid of my co- coffee table when we got the rock band drum. But the majority of people are going to have to <laughs> move furniture, or you know, as we said, there's been there's definitely been some controversy about 
how much space you really need. Like somebody rightly said, how is this ever going to take off in Japan where people live in tiny apartments? Yeah. They don't have the room for that. Smaller kind of people, people don't buy so Xboxes in Japan. Yeah. Well, that's true. Xbox is not an issue in Japan anyway, but I've seen a lot of YouTube videos of people, you know, whatever. It's not always in the big living room. Some people have, you know, Kids that live with their parents or whatever have their or you know students have in their dorms. rooms. Yeah, I've got the, the connect in their room. And well, this isn't for students in dorms. I mean, nobody's gonna be playing Gears of War, ducking up and down to. Well, this is to, for fa- this, this, is, this is obviously Microsoft's play into the family casual market, and so they, I imagine they're expecting that for the most part it's going to be in living rooms. So it's interesting you bring this up. I, I was listening to the last game theory this morning on the way into work, and one of the things that you guys were talking about is uh, Xbox versus PS3. I think Colin felt like there was going to be a big. This was in November of two thousand eight. So let's, is, is, we let's go back in time. Like how wrong <laughs> no, our predictions no, 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 turned out? No, 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 it's not later. an ambush. It's not an ambush. But I mean, the Xbox price drop had just happened, so we were looking at a cheaper sixty gig version of the console coming. Uh, Crisis was a year old. PC gaming was dead. Digital distribution was just kind of starting to take off. The Wii. I don't think anybody had really fully grasped what a juggernaut in sales the Wii was and was going to be at that point. And PS3 probably still looking a bit shaky because this would be pre-slim, right? Well, and PS3 was was yeah, it was way pre-slim, and it was and it was at the point where there really had, still hadn't been a good game for PS3 yet at that point. It seems like maybe and now there's at least what two? Yeah, two or three. I mean, but Metal Gear Solid <laughs> five is on years the in, and there's at least two good games. Um, no, there's more. There's no, more. There's, there's no, more good games. No, there's, than that. no, there's a bunch of yeah, good yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, we joke. But it was interesting because one of the things you guys were talking about is what was is it is it too late for a late surge from Microsoft or Sony to kind of overtake the Wii? As the as Wii back then was looking golden, un, unbeatable. Yeah, it was huge. I mean, that, uh, and that has changed in the last two years. The, the the shine has definitely come off the Wii, don't you think? Well, it seems like the Xbox has has closed that gap. One thing, and, 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 uh, and PS3 for that matter. Drop ball in software. Only first party games are good. So people care about. Right. I mean, I, I bought. What was the last Wii game you bought? Galaxy Two. Galaxy Two, yeah. and that's probably the probably the last yeah. one I bought in a probably the only Wii game I bought in a year. Well, no, the previous one before that. Would New be Super Mario Brothers New, Wii. That's the thing. Who buys? Isn't it the GameCube all over again? Apart from the core Nintendo games, which are always good, one or two a year they bring out. What else is there on it's, the Wii it, worth playing? I don't even think that's fair. I think it's kind of ended up being the NES all over again. I mean, you think about all the shovelware that ended up being on the NES. And and I mean, there were 600 and some titles or something for that console by the end of its life. And I think we're in that same place. And 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 the one the games that were good for the NES were first party titles and titles from like two public. I mean, there were only two or three publishers making. No, you, awesome. had like, you had like Capcom, good Capcom games and uh, Mega Man and all that stuff. Okay. Is it is it kind of ironic though that obviously these these things have a gestational period? I'm sure you know Nintendo. Sorry, Microsoft and Sony would have made the decision. Probably a couple, of, probably a couple of years ago, when we were doing that last podcast, that oh look at what the Wii's doing. We need to get into this into this business. Well, clearly that's what they did. We, yeah. we need to get into Waggle. We need to get into family casual gaming. And is it is it ironic that just as the Connect and Move are coming out, it seems like the the Wii, the Wii Motion thing is starting to lose its luster. People are not as excited about the Wii as they were two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, if you, if there was a tennis game coming out tomorrow, um, I would probably buy the Connect version. I, I think that it's it's definitely significantly better experience than uh, than, than than Wii delivers. Have and, you played and, Move at all? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, so I think I think from that respect, I think Microsoft have succeeded. You know, they 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 were caught. They were caught out by Wii, badly caught out, and uh, they've taken a couple of years to, to respond, but they've responded well. They've come up with something that's genuinely interesting, genuinely points to the future. Are you talking and, about Microsoft or both? Uh, Microsoft. Microsoft and Sony. Okay. I, I think Microsoft. I don't, I don't really, I'm not really familiar with, uh, with the Sony product as, as much. Um, and, and I think that it's definitely, you know, as you said, 
uh, norm. It is the future. There's no doubts about it. People are going to play games like this, and I, and I think my kids have been playing it, and they 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 totally got it immediately. And right. uh, and that's right. that, that that's what's important to Microsoft. I mean, do, do, so the question that I have is, I mean, we're, we're, I mean, the other thing that's happened in the last two years that's been really huge is the rise of phone gaming as like a kind of real but also not real at the same time thing. I mean, EA bought a, has been buying companies. Everybody's buying a bunch of small phone developers to from NG Moco and and to, to much and smaller Moco sold for like four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I mean a, a ton of money. Zenga, the Farmville people were valued higher than EA the other day. I, I, I still think that's Angry kind of Angry Birds people. Yeah, I mean it's 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 become a real phone gaming has become a real thing. And I think what the iPhone App Store launched in like July of '08, so it was kind of a new development toward you know toward the end of the game theory run. The question I have is 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 this rise of casual and motion and kind of less traditional hardcore i'm using the two sticks to shoot people in the head is, is this going to fragment gaming even further so then we see a divide between the traditional hardcore gamers on pc and, and xbox and ps3 and the people who are playing wii sports and connect games and 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 your kids i mean are 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 there going to is there a path for kids and and casual gamers to get into gears of war or are those two different diverging evolutionary paths I think that I think they're two different things, and I think you make a good point that it's hard now. It, it, it's hard to create a product that is offers all things to all people. That's obviously what they want the Xbox to be. Here's, here's the problem: the Wii is great for casual gamers. It's not very good for hardcore gamers, yeah, apart from a couple of Nintendo products that come out every year. And a lot of that's technological. I mean, low resolution makes me not want to play Wii games immediately. The opportunity that Sony and Microsoft now have is that they've already they already service the hardcore very well. Uh, and now they've got products which can open up the casual market for them. But can it ever really be all things to all people? Is there one console to rule them all? Are you going to have mom playing Tiger Woods golf on the move or the connect, you know, in the afternoon? And then along comes, you know, the, the, the kid in the evening to play Gears of War or, you know, Uncharted or whatever. Right. I, I guess so. But it's like, how do you how do you market that at that point? It's, do you have separate marketing campaigns do, do, do you i mean I, so you, you spend a lot of time thinking about how companies brand themselves and market themselves what, what do you think well i i, I just, just to take the point you were talking about i don't i don't know that there's a direct correlation between playing bejeweled and then playing gears of war it's like suggesting that watching sesame street will take you eventually to watching breaking bad that, that games aren't this thing <laughs> that is an interesting pathway to think about though <laughs> i don't think games are this 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 sort of thing that you move into anymore they're, they're just they're just everywhere it's just a, it's just a, a one of many hobbies That's things right. you can do with your time yeah and, and even calling it a hobby is like like watching TV a hobby. I don't, I don't know if I'd even go that far. And uh, and so uh, games companies marketing themselves in, or, you know, in order to grab that audience. And that's how marketers think. They think to themselves, there's a whole new audience there. I need to get hold of them. How am I going to do it? Right. But a lot of it's a waste of time. You know, you're not going to get uh, moms to start playing hardcore games just because they play puzzle games. And we're seeing it with the Wii, right? The, we remember when the Wii came out a few years ago and we saw all those great videos over Thanksgiving. You know, people were coming over Thanksgiving. The Wii had just come out and you see like aunts and uncles and granddads playing we sports. Yeah. Two yeah. years later, I don't think we've seen. I don't think we're seeing many of those people up. Like, I'm ready for the uh, harder drug. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm playing cod blobs this week, yeah, Grandma. I'm, yeah, I show me. They, 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 they're happy with with what that experience is, but they're not like, oh yeah, it's it's not. It, I don't think it is a gateway drug. So then here's the question: With the next generation of consoles, Nintendo has clearly said, "Hey, look, there's a you, we can, you can make a lot of money by selling consoles and games to people who just want to play casual waggle games, right?" The next generation of consoles, are Microsoft and Sony going to also go after that same market? And are we going to see a divide? Is this the end of hardcore gaming on, on uh, as a mainstream, as a target for those companies? 
No, absolutely not. No. I mean, we've, yeah. we've just seen this week how much money you can make from, by making a well-marketed, well-executed, hardcore game. And millions and millions of people are playing Black Ops this week. Blops. Um, blops, blops, rather. I'll get it with Cod Blops. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I don't think it's an either or at all. You know, you know, the next, but, I mean, those games are crazy expensive to it, develop and, and, and they, they take make, a long but, time. But, but, but they also, you get it right, they also make a huge amount of money. It's like, a, it's like a, a, an epic Hollywood movie. They take a lot of money. They take a long time. You get it right, you make a lot of money. Does it create a more? I mean, does it create the product, make the product more difficult to market? Though, look at the 360. The 360 has traditionally been marketed at hardcore gamers, and then suddenly, yeah. is it the thing where suddenly now, if your mom's doing it, it's not cool anymore? Well, you, you say that, but Xbox 360. You'll remember when they they launched it, the, the, the one billion consumers. They were talking about the moms. That's how, how that's how it was introduced. Well, that it didn't happen though. It didn't happen, but that's well, how they, they that, that's what they tried to do. Except Colin's kids are using Netflix on the Xbox 360. I mean, that's that those apps are the, and they're not they're. Whether they're apps or not, we can talk about later. But those those other uses for that device that's in the living room have opened that device to make it more wife, mom, as, as, as an friendly. entertainment hub, sure. But just yeah. talking about gaming, we're not seeing that. I don't think those two worlds are ever going to really overlap that much. I, I can't. Ima- I can't imagine that anyone's going to create a games console, leaving aside the, you know, the sort of tech issues of the cloud and all that stuff. I can't imagine that anybody's going to ever launch a, a games machine for the hardcore anymore. Anymore, it's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the Xbox. The next Xbox will have a gamepad and a Kinect sensor in the box, right? I mean, do we, well, I mean, do we think I think, that's going to happen? Well, I think it remains to be seen how how well Kinect does. It's interesting to see some. They're somewhat spurious, but we're seeing some early numbers that Connect has actually done quite well. Certainly, has done better than Move so far, which I think is kind of deserved. If only because you know, I always I don't I, think Sony I, marketed Move at all. They the they problem. did market it well, and also I don't think it was well conceived. I think actually it's quite outrageous how for a while there they had Kevin Butler, you know, kind of making jokes about how uh, you know we we gaming is for sissies and motion gaming. What's that? And then suddenly they realize that they've got to get into that business and now they're, and now they're marketing it. But really, Move is just Wii Motion Plus. Oh, it's with, executed with a, with pretty well. With a shiny well. knob on the end. Yeah, I mean, it's ex- executed, I think, better than Wii Motion Plus just because the, you, you can get the one-to-one motion because it's not the reliance on the sensor bar to pick up the controller's location in space. But, I mean, that's a technical thing. That's not the big deal. Norm, you look like you had something to say. He's, st- he's no, still no, hypnotically I'm, I'm, attached I'm into his Windows, Windows phone. I'm telling you, those commercials are bullshit. Yeah. I'm doing what they they do on the other phones in the TV ads. I I would be really disappointed if the next gen console was not at least hardcore, like considered hardcore friendly. Like like that's the that's the plan B. That's that's a billion. I mean, that's the one market that you still know is in the bank. Those guys are already there, as opposed to this mom and pop market which they're trying to create. Well, it's whether you want to go trickle down from hardcore to casual or get the casual and then trickle up. Yeah, I, ju- I just think I do think there is something kind of unfortunate and weird about how because this is what happens, right? The, the market moves on. It's taken them two years to bring these these Wii clone products to market. Just at the point that people seem to be cooling on the idea. I mean, I don't. My Wii just gathers dust anymore. I don't really right. want to waggle that thing around. Well, the, I just I just wonder in a world where uh, farm the people who make Farmville is worth more than the people who make you know. Medal of Honor and The Sims and all those other huge franchises combined in our world. And I, I wonder if that large casual audience isn't so tempting and there's a lower demand for fidelity and quality on the product so they can create shovelware, crank it out, sell it for less, but sell a lot more. Right, but casual gaming and motion gaming aren't necessarily the, the same thing. No well, one's no one so saying far. there is a casual market. And also I think it's worth remembering that a lot of this, a lot of this 
most of these casual games aren't brands. They're not really IP. They're just things that people play and, and that, they, that they, they come into our consciousness. Well, Farmville has they, become they, a brand. Yeah, most of them I'm talking about. There's, there are exceptions. You mean Whereas, just like people playing solitaire and stuff? Yeah, they, they, they don't, they don't, they're not valuable in and of themselves. Whereas something like Call of Duty is valuable. That's true. You know, they've created that from nothing. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be bringing them in revenues for the next 10 years. World of Warcraft is another example. One of the things that's interesting true. that you've seen with the Zynga model is that in the casual game world, it seems like people are not loyal to brands at all. Like, you know, Zynga's actually made a lot of money just looking at games. Like, here's someone's made a farm game. Let's make our own one. And people will just defect to it. Like, there's, there's not a tremendous amount of brand loyalty among casual gamers the way there is with, you know, getting people away from, say, Call of Duty to Medal of Honor. So far, it seems like it's very difficult well, to it's, do. It's one of those things that the first time those people are annoyed, they're not going to come back to that brand because there's plenty of competition because the barrier to entry is so low. Also, you talk about who has the purchasing power, who makes decisions to get the box in the house. I think most consoles, at least in previous generations, it's the kids, it's the hardcore. They're the ones who push to get the Xbox. They're saving, the house. they're saving money to get that two hundred fifty bucks. And then the family takes advantage of that with the, the casual games. If you mark, if you make a console just for the mom and pops, and they bring it to the house, it's harder. You know, th- that's less of a case where you're going to get. You buy the Nintendo Wii and then you get the hardcore. Well, but yeah, I mean, if you do less of an incremental upgrade on the console, then they can probably make money on the machines out of the box rather than waiting three years to, to start selling consoles for a profit. I mean, what, like what Nintendo did with the Wii this generation. Nintendo doesn't give a shit what their attach rate is to a large extent because they're making money on consoles and accessories. Well, yeah, much, much less so now than they were because they've kind of saturated. And they, they, they ignored the hardcore and, and, you know, the life cycle of Wii is that much shorter than Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. But, it, but, but there was, quickly. what was the hard, well, I mean, what was, what they had to have recouped their investment so much quicker because oh, they, they, it's they a GameCube with a, with a thing. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can afford, they don't have to do a 10 year cycle on these consoles. Because they've made their money on the Wii and they can roll something out next E3. So where's Connect a year from now? It depends on the games. It depends on how much money Microsoft pumps into devs, right? Because nobody's going nobody's to develop on that platform voluntarily. I mean, on the one hand, I want Connect to do well because I admire what they're trying to do. It's on the neat. other hand, I yeah. wonder if they bit off more than they could chew because what we're seeing is tremendous a tremendous product in theory, but we're also seeing it not working as well as people want it to, and it's kind of woolly around the edges technologically. I, I wonder if it, if the hardware is is locked in and it's just a question of the, the developers bringing out the inherent potential or if that product just wasn't ready for prime time well, to begin I, with. I think um, because they're so invested in it that I, I think we'll just, all, uh, if it doesn't sell well, all we'll do is we'll see Connect 2 come out that much sooner. Because or they did kind of 720 or whatever. They've, they've, yeah. got, they've got to focus on creating games that allow people to use their bodies, that allow people to jump and dance and waggle their arms around and all that sort of stuff. Because there's nothing, I don't think there's anything there for them in, in the, the kind of shooter. Uh, there's uh, no Gears of War Connect. No, no I, don't, I don't see that. But the, but, the, but the very first thing you said about Connect, Colin, was that the, your problem with it is that it's asking you to do those things that you don't want to do. I don't want to do them, but, but uh, nine year old girls want to do them. Right. You know, and, that, and that, that's a significant market. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 really interesting to me because I don't feel like either of these products move or connect where the mid-cycle refreshes that I think Sony and Microsoft wanted out of this 10-year cycle on the console. And one of the things you guys always talked about in game theory is the difficulty of getting people who've already spent money on a console to up to, uh, buy, buy into some new crazy accessory midway through the cycle. I, I mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. It's easier here. for them to buy into an accessory. Than buy a new console. I think it's easier to get them to buy a new console than to oh. buy than to get enough of an accessory out there that developers are going to develop on it without you having to spend a, the the manufacturer having to spend a ton of money paying for marketing for the products that they're making. Was, I mean, what, was this was this kind of hardware bump even necessary to do a ten year generation? I mean, it seems like most people are pretty 
you know, the PS3 and Xbox 360, the games still look good. People are happy with them. If you want to have a longer generation, was were people really crying out for some kind of hardware revolution to extend this generation for another few years? I think they want a cheaper, quieter, smaller, more hard drive space. I mean, I, I don't know what game sales, I, I don't look at game sales numbers anymore ever. So I don't know what the kind of overall trend line is on year to year for game sales. I'm sure there was a dip when the, when the economy went in the toilet, but, uh, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, look at blocks. Look at Halo is. Reach. I mean, the big games are still putting. Yeah, but those up are the, those are the big spikes. I mean, look at it's. It's all the. It's the Borderlands's and the Fallout New right. Vegas's and, and DLC the, and yeah. Xbox Live Arcade. And, and you know, the other question marks like Steam and WoW and the revenue that they're generating. I think it's less so. to do with extending the generation and more to do with you know tapping into this Wii market that everyone is now convinced exists. And and also because they've already the three sixteen and. PS3 have already got the hardcores locked in. If they get the casual side of it right, they they can have it all, right? That's true. I think it's more like I think it's more like rock bands. You know, it's an expensive accessory that's going to do well do well at the holidays, and 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 they'll be very happy if they get an attach rate of you know, two games with it. That's true. That's true. I mean, that, that's a, that's a super. I mean, because the attach rate of 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 games to rock band, plastic guitars, and drums is what probably two. If you if you look at the that as a as a console upgrade, you think um, Microsoft is undermarketing the arcade? Because I think that's the one thing they've done extremely well. You mean the, just like the games that you have on the arcade, like the the Super Meat Boys and the cost, yeah. costume quests and the Limbos and the Braids? And I think we're more excited that for those games to come out than one or two you know triple a titles it's interesting they never put that in the marketing you know it's that's something that generally people have to be educated about if someone says to me should i buy a, a 360 or a playstation 3 one thing that they probably don't know is that for example xbox has i i think a much better downloadable 90 percent of the time yeah yeah but, I, that, but that's not something that microsoft spends a lot of time telling people about. i think they market, know, it's a great selling point i think they market that stuff in a free way using the menus and the consoles i mean that's that's one of the reasons for the new xbox experience is all those pains are opportunities to advertise but that's after you've bought the system though there's not there's no that. like tv commercial that says you know download a million awesome games that you can't get anywhere else yeah but but if i see that tv commercial and i'm not already comfortable spending a lot of money on a regular basis buying ten dollar games then i see hey they, you can download a lot of awesome games for ten bucks each and I'm going to be much less excited about that. Yeah, especially if you're buying it for your kids. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, then but, it's a negative. But, but I love that about Xbox. I, I love browsing the, the, the stores and, and buying things or not buying them. I just think it's a, it's a, it's a lovely uh, – um, I mean, they just, update, they just updated their uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it's getting better. All, they're adding more done. content. It's getting better all the time. It's good stuff. The other thing about Connect, by the way, that I think will be interesting is if whether or not – and I, I'm pretty sure plans for this have got to be in the works – is kind of the hybridized gaming form where you you know you're playing with a controller, but also you know you can wave and do other things with Hello, the Batman. Yes, exactly. Good morning, Xbox. Um, but you know maybe the next version of Halo, you know you're playing it with a controller the way you normally would, but there's other you can lean and do other call, things. Call, I shake my head in disgust. Other person does the gestures. Puppet. There you go. I, I want Norm to be my puppet for, call, for yeah, Halo. You can be Cortana. I'm the spellcaster. Right. Yes, <laughs> and then you are the shooter. Exactly. You can. This is where Cameo Two comes from. Norm is the little floating around fairy. No, wait, no, Cameo. Uh, that, no, that sounds good. Okay. Anyway, let's let's move on. Windows Phone 7. Huh. You guys, uh, Gary, you spent two minutes with I've Norm? I've had two minutes on the two phones that you showed me when I walked in the door. And i got to say, my initial inst- reaction is I'm very impressed. And this is as the this is, is this your Apple fanboy hat on? I, I mean, I see you're wearing the, a Walking I, Dead I am hat. the most diehard yes. um, Apple fanboy that Enthusiast. you know. And I'm here to Enthusiast. tell you, I think yes. Windows Phone 7 looks great. 
I think the thing that everyone notices immediately is how smooth this interface is. And that's been my problem with all the iPhone, ever since the Samsung Instincts, remember like the first... Right. The first real competitor to the touchscreen interface, they were juddery and jerky yeah. and they didn't feel smooth and sleek like the iPhone interface does. Even Android, even the Android phones have just that little bit of kind of Well, it's inconsistency, right? I mean, this, however, is yeah, smooth as silk. It's nice. Is that good AI? Is that good UI coding or the hardware or what is it's that? UI, it's totally okay. Because they're using the same hardware yeah, as more the or Android less. phone. Actually, less capable in this focus than in the captive. Yeah. So you've got you've got the focus there, and you've got the surround, right? Yep. So these are these two of the kind of the, the top end handsets. Um, I think the other one that's really interesting is the HD Seven, which is a T Mobile phone. The uh, HTC. There's HD also 7. a Dell, a Dell Vostro, and a, but I think the, the Samsung one is the preferred. Is, is the top. it's the most yes. referency yeah. design of yeah. the designs. Well, you've been playing with them a lot more than I have. What are you? We've guys been testing think? them. Gary. What, do, what do you think? I, sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. You don't play with gadgets. We don't. We don't. We, 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 don't, we, we don't play with gadgets. We test technology. I forgot how serious you yes. take it. This is serious a, business. Words are very important. So, what do you think? Uh, I'm fucking a impressed. I think Microsoft has done a stunning job on a first gen product. Even taking but as you aside, said, it's actually it's actually not a first gen product, right? It's a it's a reboot. I mean, is Windows Mobile's is, been around for a while? Is Star Trek J.J. Abrams the twelfth Star Trek movie, or well, the this, first in a new? This is franchise? such a from the ground up yeah. iteration that we we should ultimately is a first. A first I think it's a new product. thing. I mean, I think it's fair to say that it's a new thing. They didn't carry over any of the goofy old UI elements from from the original Windows Mobile. It doesn't sync with Outlook. Which, you know, if you use a Windows mobile phone, that was the way you got your stuff. You plugged a USB cable in or a serial cable back in the day mm-hmm. and, you know, sucked your contacts Very out. Very Microsoft is what you're saying. It's, it's, it is, a, and I mean, that is the highest form of yes. praise for this device. It is a, it is a good device out of the box. So my impressions like. are, I'm, I'm super impressed in that they've committed to this new UI paradigm that's, which is consistent, consistent across everything. Which is consistent. Yeah, that's the impressive and it's part. And the zoom. If you've used a zoom, yeah. you know what this interface yeah, and, is and like. Not only is it different, it's something that I feel like was well thought out. It was different for the sake. Well, it adds something. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it adds. The thing is, the value that it's adding right now isn't as 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 important as the feeling that I have that when developers start really embracing this, we'll see some crazy awesome apps. They really take advantage of the ambient nature of the of the of the UI. Now, but do all the third party apps have to follow that they don't have system? To, but they do, for the most part. Like we we did like a weather app, which yeah. was the best use of it. But like Facebook and Twitter all conform to Metro, and they do it well. Like it's that a, Twitter app you've got there, which yeah. uses the Zoom style. Is that a th- that that's that's the Twitter that's Twitter developed downloaded. Twitter app? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like they've done a really good job of explaining how people should use the, the UI. It's always interesting when you see new, new, uh, devices, new apps using devices that weren't publicly available. Like if you remember the very early iPad apps when nobody, when everybody was developing these apps blind, that like immediately people were like, oh yeah, okay, this is, I understand how this works now and we have really fucked up this app badly. Uh, so then they'd quickly spin out a, an update. And I mean, it's, it's, it's totally, They've they've really done a good job of communicating how to do that and getting early phones out to developers at PDC and all that those kinds of events. It's it's a really they handled the launch really well. I feel like there's so, a couple of minor problems and there's some stuff that's pretty annoying, uh, scrolling contact lists and things like that. Yeah. So the minor problems, I think the polish it's not ex- as polished as it's very consistent phone. in performance, which I think is the but the iPhone the huge is the only thing, thing it's not as polished as. This is definitely yes. more polished on Android, absolutely, yeah, and, and it, BlackBerry and all the other systems. And, and even though they don't have multitasking, there are like there's some there's some pain points. Like when you launch the Twitter app because it doesn't have multitasking, you can't background download tweets. There's always a pause as it goes to Twitter and says, "Hey, send me those tweets," and then you wait a second and then they draw it and 
you know, th- that feels unnecessary to me at this point in the smartphone game. But it's uh, in every other regard, it's really very polished and, and a really phenomenal product right out of the box. You know, I've I've been thinking about uh, moving out of the People's Republic of Apple at some point. What? Yeah, <laughs> Unacceptable. I, I, my my uh, iPhone contract is coming to an end. I why? Why, why have you been thinking that? I just don't want to be an, an Apple bitch. I just feel as if I'm just. <laughs> you don't want to be Gary. Of principle. I, I, you're, the, you're the anti-Gary. We're gonna have to get you up here more often. This is fantastic. I mean, is, I love you, Gary. I have been for many many years, and uh, and I just have had enough. I just feel as if Apple might be uh, taking advantage of the relationship now. And how, can, how so? <laughs> now, I'm going to challenge you on this one. I mean, do you, are, are you buying? Is it that you do you do you buy into that kind of that counter marketing idea that like you you're kind of embarrassed to be seen out with like an Apple logo? Like you feel like a bit of a, of a sheep doing that? Or yes, something? that's exactly what it is. I I, I I sort of you know you go into a coffee shop and everyone's got their coffee and everyone's got their Apple products. All and the you sort of think, Oh, I I just don't I don't want to do this anymore. I want to try something different. And and looking at this. I think it, I mean I know that buying into Microsoft doesn't exactly make me a nonconformist, but yeah, I mean that's cozy and right up to IBM there. Yeah, but but it, it is lovely and the aesthetic of it is beautiful. I'm just looking at your people's contacts and the typography and the mm-hmm. colours. You know, somebody with a beautiful eye has has, has designed yeah. this, and also it's, the screen quality is fantastic. I actually thought that was like a retina resolution focus, yeah. on the, on that one on the focus. Yeah, that's well, almost like a retina display. The, the four it's, it's very close. It's to close. It's close to, to the iPhone 4. So that phone feels a little bit plasticky. The Samsung phones have felt plasticky this generation. But it doesn't bother it's very me. very light. I, the thing is, I'd rather it feel plasticky than fragile. Like that, holding the iPhone 4, I'm always – I live in utter fear that I'm going to drop it and have a $600 phone slip. You know, I, I feel like if I'm walking down the street using my iPhone, I frequently do not take it out of my pocket when I would use it because I'm afraid that if my hands are a little bit sweaty, it's going to just slide and it's going to land on – one of the infinite number of surfaces that it will explode when it hits the pavement. I love how light this is, and I agree with you that it, though plasticky, it doesn't feel cheap. The fit right. and finish are good. The, the, the reveals screen, are nice. The screen quality and brightness is is beautiful. And again, the UI. This is the first UI that really, when I when I flip my thumb up and down, it really responds. So the interesting thing to me is not the comparison with the iPhone because I mean that's done to death. But the interesting thing to me is I, I spent the last probably three months ish on an Android phone. Uh, which is, as people who follow the podcast know, has been a very up and down experience for me. Uh, the thing that I really like about this is that they've done something different and where the Android uh, developer, developers clearly haven't really paid that much attention to things like UI consistency and performance and the fact that you know when you hit the phone button, the phone app should launch within a tenth of a second. It should There should not be a 30-second lag while it fires up the cellular modem or something. Right. Uh, that that stuff on this phone, and it's definitely a more closed platform. Microsoft is very controlling about how they, uh, what what hardware is allowed to go into these phones to the point that Samsung couldn't put their own ARM CPU into this device. They're using a, a Cortex A8 instead of the Hummingbird. It, it, the effect is really good. The overall effect is really good. And and the thing that I I feel after using this for a while is that I like I love having turn by turn nav on my Android phone for free. I love the cool voice features. I really, really like the mobile hotspot feature that's in Froyo. But all of that stuff is pretty valueless if the phone, it, if it, if it, if it's not instantly available when I want it. I honestly never thought I'd say this as an iPhone user, but I'm holding this thing and I'm getting a little bit of tech envy. It's it's beautiful. Are, are it's a really cool product. You have a tech reaction. I, 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 <laughs> I have a tech reaction. Um, <laughs> I don't think for Android fans, people who love Android for what it is, who completely understand Android, this is not a phone for them. This is a phone for people who 
went for with Android because they're either on a carrier that didn't have iPhone no, or no, don't like I don't like Apple. Couldn't couldn't disagree more. The reason that this is a phone for people like the iPhone who if, have if no patience. To, if you talk to like Ryan Ryan Whipplemore, Android expert, yes. who's an Android acolyte, and he loves Android. This is not the phone. For, it's not customizable. Well, at all, here, here's the, way the Android is. Here's the thing: is, is I, Android becoming kind of like the Linux? It is. Of, well, it is for the hardcore. Uh, no, it's the Windows. Android is the Windows, which is strange. This is not because Windows. The, this, this is so not the, Windows. So Windows is not the Windows. Yes. On yeah. the phone market. Yeah. So, so I mean, the thing for me is there are places that I'm willing to suffer through some jank for some customizability and the ability to do really awesome things. Uh, the thing I've, I'm finding is that I use my phone so frequently and so often, and I use it in such kind of tiny bursts of time. I have no patience for waiting for the phone. Well, no, that's all right. You're not an Android. You're, you were never the Android guy. You were the guy who wanted well, but if Android, the iPhone. If, if Google wants all the people that have bought Android phones to, at, at this point so far to buy another Android phone after, the, after the, the first contracts expire, they have better get that right. Well, that's that's. The I mean, problem. they have to. Yeah, that's that's a big problem for them, right? Or else, I mean, no, nobody who bought a Captivate is going to buy another Android phone again unless they fix that phone pronto. I just took a picture with the camera. One other thing that the iPhone is definitely missing is that dedicated shutter button. Yeah, but I the camera on this no, is nowhere. Tap the focus. Yeah, the ca- the the camera is no, not good. The camera is nowhere camera's, near as good as the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I would stick with the iPhone just for the camera, just for the. I, I'm sure it'll get better in future phones, but right now, this five megapixel with a low light sensor on on the iPhone. There is nothing that compares. Still, to. I mean, in, in daylight, you can't. You, they they compare favorably. The moment you get into a dim room, it's it's immediately apparent that the iPhone camera is something special. What about uh, apps in the future? I, I mean, one of the good things about Apple is the ability to to to, to find charming and interesting things to play with. To extend, yeah. yeah. I, I, is that something that we'll be able to see on the uh, on the, the Windows phone? Yeah, I mean, they definitely have an app store. They have. I, I can't remember the number, but they were really pleased with the number of apps that they had at launch. Uh, basically, yeah, how is the marketplace at launch? Uh, the marketplace is okay. There's some weird things about it. Like when you search, it searches also all the music and video that's on the Zune store, which seems weird. Yeah, I saw to that me. when you were searching for Pandora, you got like everything that had possibly yeah. had the word Pandora. I mean, I, I don't. That seems like a foolish decision. It's something easily fixed. the The number of apps that they have, I mean, they had all of the of the like ten things that I use super regularly. I think the only thing that was missing was the Kindle app and a Pandora app. And both I, of those are coming like within the next coming months. I just went to the marketplace. I'm a little bit confused off the bat because it's right at the right off the top it says AT&T App Center service mark. Then underneath that Samsung Zone and then Apps Games Music. So yeah. um, that feels feels a little so, bit is there some bloatware here? Well, What's so, going on? Um unlike the Android phones, which where you where the bloatware is installed on a write-only partition, you can actually uninstall the ATT and Samsung crap that they ship on this phone for you. So it's no longer there. I think that those those shortcuts remain there indefinitely, which is super yeah. cheesy. And for me, I have HTC. because yeah. it's an HTC phone. Yeah, I, I I'm not a fan of that. It's not that offensive. Um, ultimately, I'd much rather have have those shortcuts always there. And actually, in this case, those shortcuts were pretty good. There, I got a couple of free games that wouldn't have been free had I not gone through the AT and T or Samsung so areas Colin, of the store. You're asking about the launched the app launch title. They actually focus a lot on games. That's been their big push: Xbox Live and games. And as a launch, even at launch, it's already better than Android. Um, miles above Android in terms of games. Android just got Andrew, Angry Birds. Does this game. have Angry Birds? This this I there's no angry, angry birds. birds but you've my, my birds are not angry quality of games yeah I mean it's it's they're, what they're doing is they're going into the Xbox into the into the uh, uh, community uh, I can't remember what they're called but the 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 is it DLNA no DLNA is the streaming thing it's the community you know the 
the community uh, developed Xbox Live Arcade games on the console, mm. and they're going to those guys who've made awesome games in there that they're selling for like eighty points or you know buck on Xbox Live, and they're saying, hey, you want to make a phone version? You can sell it for five bucks. We'll help you port it over or whatever. And they've really embraced those those folks, and we're seeing really good games. And they're pulling stuff that's kind of touch touch capable and interesting. Plus uh, trials, like Rocket Ride, yeah, and you can tr- you can try out the games without buying, which now, is the a other huge thing, improvement over iPhone. The other thing that's a big deal is, of course, this is a fully functioning Zune, right? Which is great. I think it doesn't do squirting, but everything else What's squirting. Squirting is when you could share music with your friends. That's oh, first okay. generation Zune. It's first generation Zune. But the, the point being, I, 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 beyond the other than it's the, a fucking awesome media the, player. The iPhone obviously has a great media player. Yes, Android okay. is abominable. The previous really Windows bad. phones, one of BlackBerry ones, were all terrible. This is probably now the only. I think real... this is better than iPhone on media. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, I, there's a few things that I don't like about it, like the searching and and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, for the most part, it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, the great... and it opens Zoom Pass to you, which well, is that's, a pretty that's the big thing. value. I love. I mean, this is one of my other kind of tech envy things. Is I actually love the Zoom. System, the kind of all you can eat subscription system, which yeah, I 15, 15 bucks a month still doesn't offer. Download whatever you want, keep 10 tracks a month. I think, if I could switch to that tomorrow, I would. And yeah. this this is a great reason to do it because now I really can carry that, carry that all around with me on my phone. Yeah. Can I ask what? Yeah, yeah. It's probably an, an ignorant question. Can I sync that with iTunes? Uh, you cannot sync it with iTunes, but what you do is you install a separate piece of software, tell it where your music is stored on your Mac or your PC. On the PC, you use Zune, the Zune software, obviously. On the Mac, I think they have a syncing utility, and it just blasts it over. The neat thing about that that I love, last night I said, uh, I sat down on Zune for my computer. I didn't have the cable in there. I said, oh, um, I want to put the Game Theory podcast on my phone because I want to do a little homework. I said that. I told it to do that. I told it to sync it. I on went into computer. my bedroom on my computer. Went into my bedroom, plugged that into the into the power, and it said, "Oh, hey, I'm on the Wi-Fi network at home. Let me check with the Zune software on my PC and grab any new content that's been added." Wireless syncing. So it syncs across Wi-Fi when you're on power, which is just awesome. That was, I mean, that was in Zune HD. I moved my head around and like closed my eyes for a minute. I was so excited about that. Just <laughs> so, painting a word picture. Here. If if I decided, and I stress this is purely hypothetical. <laughs> That I, that I were going to defect. Yes, I think Steve Jobs can come to your house and beat you. I, if I'd you watch do that Apple stuff plummet. Yeah. with each with each new phrase that I utter. Yeah, um, it would be it would be relatively easy for me to just take my existing iTunes because it's all DRM well, free now. I could just put it all yeah, over. Yeah, anything anything that's DRM free, you lose videos because they're all DRM, of course, right. and books. So I, anything you bought in iBooks, remember when I told you not to buy shit from iBooks and to buy it? And I Kindle? just did it the other day. I bought an iBook. I felt <sighs> I felt silly about it. But hey, no Kindle app yes. yet. On I mean, that's going to happen. Obviously, no Kindle. It's like been announced. Of, it feels like an amazing. Like it's, it's coming. They said in coming months, like two months ago. So, uh, Kindle app is definitely happening. That's kind of that makes me really sad on a fundamental level because I use that on the train all the time. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's a oh uh, and IE IE is uh, it's not an HTML five compliant version of IE. So there are, there are some problems with IE, even though it's very fast. Like you can't you can't you navigate when it's in landscape mode. You can only browse and click links. There's no flash. Right, so it won't do flash either. Not yet. Okay. There, so there, uh, early next year, there's going to be a patch that will add HTML5 renderer for the browser and flash support, which is very exciting. Uh, right now, if you have a Windows 7 phone and you're trying to visit our mobile sites, our M. sites at Whiskey, uh, they don't work because those are all HTML5 sites. Uh, we're not going to fix that since by the time we fixed it, they'd probably have the patch out anyway. So uh, just hang loose until like early... I, I love the unification of the UI experience. Like I'm navigating the Facebook app here the same way I would navigate the Zune app. Yeah. So uh, once yeah. you know the rules, you basically know how to work any app. Well, and it looks great. new. 
I, I mean, I, I, the thing I the thing I like more than anything else is the movement away from the app centric model for phones because I think that that is a legacy of first generation products. I mean, it's, everybody's copying Apple. This is the first time we've seen something new. I don't know that's necessarily a perfect approach. But it's definitely better. Well, these are still apps, but they just all feel like of a whole because they're all using the same right. UI. Yeah, exactly. And they're presenting data, not apps. I mean, that, that's the thing that annoys me about the iPhone is I don't really care about the apps. I care about what's stored inside the apps. And I want that information to be facing right. forward rather than kind of buried inside and these I guess things that you have to go that's find That's why they're pushing you stuff. toward the, the tiles. I mean, when you have Facebook and Twitter installed, you just click those two buttons and you assume they're part of the natural Windows Phone 7 interface. If you want apps, it's just one one long big list. And I'm okay with that. I, I don't like the long list. I, as long as it's fast. Since it's I'm fast, it doesn't it. lag. I'm totally okay with that. But the thing is I always go in there and pin those apps to the to the yeah, main menu. Pin it to the, the front. Can I yeah, set up like favorites ones. or something? Yeah, that's, 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 that's what those are. Yeah, that's okay. what that home I screen pin, is. Pin Facebook. Pin oh, I see. Okay. The other thing uh, – and I, I want to – there's two other things I want to talk about real quick on Windows 1.7 and then we'll move on because we've been talking about this for a while and I think Colin might fall asleep in a minute. Um is the keyboard is awesome. They did a phenomenal job on the keyboard. It's fast. It doesn't have the hitches that a lot of the Android keyboards do. There's a comma on the main screen, which I, as somebody who, who likes to have decent grammar, I feel is very important to the survival of Western civilization. And in the other column, there's an emoticon button on the keyboard itself. So you hit the emoticon button and there's a, all the hundreds of emoticons are available right there. So in the smartphone wars, this is a relatively late, they are Addition. super duper late. We, we already see the market is already split up between iPhone and Android and BlackBerry, and they're all fighting over market share. Yeah. What what happens now with this phone coming well, in? Well, it's an eighteen I don't month think Blackberry's cycle. Blackberry has been really a contender, though. Blackberry's done. And, I mean, and Palm was like the last big attempt, and I think this is a better chance in Palm. Well, I'll be interested. I mean, HP bought Palm. Clearly, they're they're really excited about that as a platform. I think it's a great platform. I think it was a platform that's crippled by bad hardware. So we'll see what happens when when we see an HP HP hardware on WebOS two. BlackBerry is so deeply entrenched in the business world. Still, it's hard to say that it's done, isn't it? I think BlackBerry as a consumer product is is as a consumer product. I don't think it's they're going to have a hard all. way to come back. It's right. it's a hard it's a hard to recover from what what's happened to that as a brand. Um. The one last thing I will say, um, even though Zune is great, uh, there's a lot of consistency in the hardware for capacity for storage, like problems with micro SD and internal storage. That's definitely true. Like, you know, that phone has a micro SD slot. Yeah, that's micro SD. I don't think mine has a micro SD and mine's capped at 16 gigs. You know, iPhone, if you're using it as a dedicated music video player, you can still buy a 32 gig iPhone. Right. Well, and once you plug a micro SD card into that phone, it's tied to that phone forever. You can't use it in another device. It just stops working. Huh. So it becomes like the fundamental part of the the OS's memory. And if you want to upgrade that micro SD card at some point in the future, you have to wipe the phone and start from scratch, which is also a drag. So my question is, who market-wise, who is this going to cannibalize? Is this going to take – Straight you, at iPhone and Android. I, I told like, you. We've already got one iPhone user in the room here who's saying yeah. that this is something that he would jump to. Yeah. So it's I, people I, who want to, don't like Apple based on principle or carrier. And we know there's a lot of those guys. But right. can't – Except how slow Android is and how Linux and Windows like Android. And how it's not really that friendly or fun to use unless you are one of these hardcore users. Well, frequently on Android, the the OS gets in the way of what you want to do, which is never a good thing on the phone. I mean, it's the same problem with the Kinect. You don't want the interface to get in the way of having fun, finding the information you want, making the call that you need to make, looking something up on the internet, answering an email. And that happens more often than not on Android because it's it's an inconsistent platform. The problem for Microsoft is that Carriers have put so much money into promoting Android because it 
was the the only alternative to iPhone for a long time. Well, and um, people are invested in apps. I mean, you look at the amount of money you spend on iPhone apps. How easy is it for you to walk away from that? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of investment. Exactly. In this so I'm pretty heavily invested in that ecosystem right yeah. now. Um, oh, you have an iPad. That too. Or you could get an iPod Touch for 50, uh, 200 bucks. Yeah, but then I'm carrying two devices around again, and that's the like. I you know, for yeah. me, it's all about one device. You want one device to rule them all. Um, what carriers is this available on right now? AT and T, T-Mobile, and Sprint. So no Verizon option yet. Verizon really likes Android, and they didn't. It turns out they didn't like the Kin thing that much. So maybe they felt a little burned after. Uh, after the 90 days of Ken or 42 days. If this days was on Verizon, was. I could actually see myself jumping because I've been waiting to go to Verizon for a while. But I'm not going to I'm not going to the problem for me is that is the AT&T service is crap. You know I'm what? I'm going to jump over to another AT&T. I've told phone. you this before, I'm going to say it again. I think a lot of the problems with AT&T service are bad Apple antenna design. Cuz when I switched to the Captivate, my dropped calls and and bad calls almost went away. But my, I, are you talking about just in general or just on the iPhone four? Because I had the same issue on the three. I think, and 3DS. I think it's, I think it's that Apple, as a company that is new to building phones, versus Samsung and LG and and all the companies that have been making phones, HTC that have been making phones for a decade or more, has problems with antennas. All right. Try. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I want to see what Norm says. I've got to, I've got to try something new because it's just. Well, you know, you know, one will know for sure. Is when because it is a when, not an if. When the when the iPhone goes to Verizon, then we'll if the problems clear up, then we'll. Well, know one way or the other. and the the other thing, the other thing I'm dying to see is what the Apple response to this is. If Apple says, you know, the the metaphor that we have putting a bunch of apps on a home screen works and sticks with that and rides that down, then that's going to be very telling about what happens with iOS in the future. What do you think their response needs? I to I think be? they have to embrace the ambient information and and a more humane interface for these phones. What do you mean very, by more very humane? Slow change. They're not going to get rid of the home screens and full. I mean, if right you if you had to write a list of criticisms of the iPhone, so, I wouldn't put the UI in, in the top. Let three. me ask you this: How many apps do you have on your iPhone right now? Um, geez, I don't know. Let's I've, got about, this. I've got about twenty five, I guess. I've got. Okay, you're on the low end, I think, of the attach rate for for apps. How many apps? How many pages of apps do you have? Gary? I have one, two, three, four. I have four and a half pages. of And apps. do you use folders? Uh, I do use folders. So can you find not, not very heavily? I okay. have a few things in folders. I, I, but my point is that apps on a screen and folders inside the apps is a poor way to organize apps. It's really hard to you find what you're looking for. You think the Windows phone system is better? It's a straight line. I mean, it's all alphabetized. If I want to find the incident, I look at either T or I, depending on how they whether they use AP or Chicago to alphabetize. Right. But on iOS, there's search spotlight and there is no app search. I mean, I guess that's app search is compensating for... No, but app search isn't list. a good solution. I, I want I want my stuff to be one or two clicks away, one click away. I mean, that's the thing is you put all the important stuff to you one click away. There's no swiping. There's no drilling down into folders. There's no typing the name of the app, which is ridiculous. That that because th- that home screen, the more stuff you add to it, it just keeps scrolling down. Right. It's infinite. I would argue from devil advocate's perspective that it's a mental uh, picture I have on my apps. I know a game. Is going to be on my third screen. So then, top so right then, corner. their tools for, for preserving that need to be better because sometimes you'll install an update right. and all Which of your is, icons it's terrible move, in iTunes, and it's a yeah. fucking nightmare to, to resync and yeah. you know, reposition I mean, all my apps. It's the worst thing yes. ever. Isn't it kind of the same though that the the, f- the first page on my iPhone yes. is is analogous to the opening screen of Windows Phone. The, the apps that are in the heaviest rotation, the heaviest use are the ones that I keep oh, on no that doubt. page. And then if I want occasionally to use the ones that are further down the list, I just swipe over. Right. But it's just a grid as opposed to a list. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I just I feel like it's an inconvenient way. I mean, I, I definitely have more apps than the average guy because we do a, a shitload of app reviews here and and look at more apps than we ever talk about. Uh, I just I, I I think that it's an outmoded way to access your data, the app centric viewpoint. Well, I'm going to go off message, and I apologize to Steve now, but I think Microsoft has a hit on its hands here. This is this is a, a really really slick product, and I think they're going to make a big a big splash with it. Well, tied to news, they did announce how many uh, phones were sold on first day. Oh, really? Uh, Forty thousand phones. And that got spun a couple of different ways, right? Yeah. There was initially a story that said that was that was very poor, and then Wired came out with a rebuttal saying, "Well, put it in context; it's actually yeah, a bunch of people. I mean, forty thousand yeah. for a completely new platform when everyone has a smartphone already. Or, also shabby. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty saturated market. It's not like yeah. when the iPhone came out; it was something that was new and pretty revolutionary. Uh, Colin, are you one of these people that they that they showed in the Windows ads of people going around glued to their hypnotically glued to their phone screen? Certainly not. No. <laughs> He seems pretty well balanced compared to the rest yeah, of us. Yeah, I think Colin's actually one of those guys that has managed to integrate technology into his life in a way that's healthy, as opposed to the unhealthy way I try that to we be do, healthy. where it just takes over I, everything I, that we I do. I try to be healthy. But like, I, we have no phone times in our I, house. I, I have do found, you? What does that yeah. mean, no phone times? It means that we talk to each other as human beings instead of kind of paying half attention while you're looking at the phone and answering shit on Twitter. Yeah, I think I, I need to I need to. It's a good policy. I think if you're having dinner or lunch or whatever with your with your your, your other half, then you shouldn't be playing around with your phone. And I've, yeah. I've had to give up that that habit. Public places. I, I, well, Johnny said something on Twitter a long time ago that I I really thought was um, pretty wise, especially for for Johnny uh, when he said that the best like the people I like the most are the ones who I never I don't know what kind of phone they have. Right, and you know, because there's nothing worse than sitting there having a meeting with someone, and they're, you know, they're, yeah, it's great to talk to you phone. too, man. Uh, yeah. This has been a good talk, and and also again, that's like, a generational you know, thing too, though. Standing in the line for coffee or whatever, and everyone's got their little gadgets, and you're like, oh, you know, I don't, that's, and that's I don't want to be in this picture. That's the hypocrisy yeah. of it is when I see those people, you I hate, just, them. I despise them, yeah, and yet I am one of them. Yeah, you're totally that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the worst. I hate you so much. I'm one of the worst. Good I, thing we, I can't hate you to just, death I, right now. I just went to see the the uh, most recent Louis C.K. show in San Francisco, and he does a whole bit on it on the on that guy. Oh yeah, staring at his phone, and the kid is running around the department store, and the wife is desperately trying to get his attention. Will you help me with this? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, You know, whatever is more, anything on this screen well, is more interesting than what you have to say. How long before somebody tweets that they're on fire before they, you know, before we putting just, the fire out? Well, we just made this joke the other day. You yeah. tweeted, Oh my god, there's a fire alarm, and I was like, I'm waiting for the first story when like ten people die in a fire. Going, the flames are totally licking around me now. Oh, OMG! Yeah. And then next thing you know, they're dead. You gotta take a photo, also. Well, it's like the gr- Foursquare. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, there's a Foursquare badge for I'm on fire. Because uh, <laughs> you have unlocked the crispy badge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Kruger, Kruger, get Kruger <laughs> to death. Uh, so I mean, I guess that does it for news. Let's uh, let's uh, in lieu of Q and A this week. Let's 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 go back and revisit some some game theory here just for a minute while I have you guys here. Uh, since since game theory went off the air or the internet or whatever it is, uh, the PC embraced digital distribution because Steam was a thing. But it seems like you can't you can't not buy PC That's games come on the internet the last now. Two years. Yeah. Uh, the $20 million plus PC, AAA exclusive PC title, done. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, except done. for WoW. WoW, Starcraft. Starcraft. Blizzard. It wasn't for, except Blizzard. for Blizzard. Blizzard and Valve are basically the, P, the PC market. Valve, Valve isn't PC exclusive, though. Valve is console. Valve well, is yeah, but, cross-platform. But, but, but they're actually... PC lead, they lead I on guess. the PC, okay. which is pretty rare. F- fair enough. Fair actually, enough. that's not necessarily true. I think like Left 4 Dead and... That's not a I don't PC know what, lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, episode three is still not out. Episode three is still not out. Port, yeah. like, stuff like Portal is now kind of 
parity across all three systems. Like all three will get it together, but you know, you're not going to speed run on Portal. Well, but those and those they're not going to have those crazy, insane jumping puzzles that required like 180 degree turns on Portal Two. I don't think. Yeah, t- tap the right trigger to do a 180 twist. Yeah. It's it's a it's a sad thing to say, and I get angry tweets from PC gamer staff members whenever I whenever I say something about against PC gamer because as the editor of PC gamer like 10 years ago, I'm supposed to presumably remain loyal to it for all time. But yeah, the PC sell out the days of when I was, I, so I was playing Blops, and Cod Blops. You mean Cod Blop? I'm playing Cod Blops, and it occurs to me that you know this is the first shooter to come along on the PC that I've been interested in, and it's basically. A port. It's an afterthought, and I'm and I'm asking myself, where, really, really where, poorly done. Where are the where are the PC led, high end, really, you know, show off that what the system can do? Games they're not. these days, they're, they're, they're not around. I mean, at this crisis, point, I guess, was yeah, the last one, and Metro even that is now thirty three. It's all European developed. Yeah, it's there's, there's a bunch of guys in Scandinavia and Germany. I mean, it, and, it it really is sad that when Codblops is the big the big shooter for the year. It has dedicated servers, yes, but there's no way to connect to a specific server if it doesn't show up in the browser. Friends list stuff doesn't work. There's no matchmaking. Last night, Jeff and I were trying to play games with users, people from the community, and they couldn't find the server. It's a very sloppy implement. I mean, I I tried to find your giant bomb server. No, No way to search. Doesn't show up. It's gone. I paid 50 bucks a month for three servers. Or fifty bucks for three servers. Apparently, they are and patching into it. the ether. They're patching it today, is what Thank I. Thank God. Is so that maybe, to fix the stuttering or the exploits? It's to it's to fix the um the server issue that you just talked about. Okay, that's thank God. That's that's a blessing. I think they're going to have to patch a, a lot more as they there's, as they go on. There's a lot. The, and then the stuttering issue, the fact that you can't change your loadout, which is a really core part of that. That you know, we're going to keep giving you new weapons. You can't change your loadout when you're in a game. Like if you're on a server, oh, really? no way to change the loadout. That's a that's a thumbs down. It just feels really incredibly half-assed. My problem with these ports isn't so much the technical and the front end side because that's something they could patch later. It's actual game design. Like when you're playing the shooter, and Crisis Two will be a big example of this because that's coming out this year and it's also cross-platform. It's it's way more the action is way more limited to that narrow horizontal view because well they're slow. Expected they're Halo to look up and down like you would with the mouse and do twists and stuff. It's 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 Halo. Yeah. Halo, Halo. Not I mean, go, we we went back and played Quake a few weeks ago for TNT, Quake One, which was entertaining because I hadn't played Quake One in about a decade, and that game is so so unbelievably fast by today's standards. I I literally felt like the old guy kind of coming back and being like, oh look at how all the kids are they're so fast. But it was a fifteen year old game. It's a fifteen year old game. It's faster than anything we have today because of the sticks. But again, they're going to go where the the money is, right? Well, right. I mean, look at the, look at the sales so. breakdown. The PC version of of Blops is like less, less than four percent. Yeah, there's there's three million people playing Blops online right now, and I think maybe a couple of hundred thousand on PC. So their priority is going to be you know what the most popular version is. It's it is you know if you look at the state of the union of the PC gaming right now, it's pretty pretty grim. Even a game like StarCraft, which is you can argue the biggest PC game release this year, and most people playing it online at most. In Battle.net, it's because it tells you how many people are playing at once. Maybe 300, 400,000 people playing at one time. Wow. At most. Worldwide or is that Worldwide. per region? Yeah. So uh, let's see what else. Consoles. We talked about the second wave of motion. I think I think we don't need to go into that anymore. The 3D stereoscopic thing, I think we're going to see a lot of that next year. You guys agree? I'm disagree? not excited about the 3D stuff at all. Do you, do you feel like PC gaming is doomed going back? I think it's been doomed for a, for a while. And I think that Steam and the digital model, I think they've been dead at retail for a long time. I think it's actually kind of ironic that you see some of these UK retailers have been bleating about how Steam is 
killing PC gaming. It's it's not. Steam is now PC gaming. Yeah, it's and, killing I, and, I, and I, lo- I love it. The more the more money that's spent on dig- on digital uh, distribution on on Steam and Xbox Live, and I'm I'm happy because I think retailers on the whole have been are a damaging and negative force in in the video games market. And you know, fuck them. They they don't they, they don't help anybody. They just they just they're simply a middleman. And uh, the more we can get to a situation where game developers, game creators are, are, are putting forward their products and taking as much out of, out of the, the things that they create as possible, the better for the market. You think we're into a music industry-like transition where it's going from labels or publishers to creators being the driving force? I hope so. I mean, it's, well, no, you're, that's the ultimate station. outcome, right? The, the, the analogy is radio station versus like, like an iTunes. Well, there's, like, so there's a couple of different... Uh, the analogy goes a bunch of different ways. I'm confused now. <laughs> well, the difference is that a, a smaller independent developer can go on Steam and make a splash the way that they couldn't have done that at retail. Where the you, super meat company put you in a box. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's all great, and and I agree with Colin. Fuck retailers. They they should have seen this coming a long time ago. They're, it's a very very slow to respond market. It's literally a, a, a business model that is more than a thousand years old. You come, you walk down the street to my shop. And give me some money, and I'll sell you a product you can take. Trade home. me a chicken, I'll give you. That's blocks. an extremely antiquated business model, and technology is making is making it increasingly irrelevant. They well, should we're just see trading one middleman for the other. Yeah, we are. Yeah, before we get too excited yeah, by this I mean, new utopia, you know, Steam, iTunes, Microsoft—these are not particularly lovable uh, uh, entities, and they're ta- they're taking their their slice as well. I'm not saying it's a, a victory for you know what, what's right. The and wrong. little guy. It's, it's but it is it has become easier for consumers. It's a, it's another option, mm. and you know times change. You don't see too many apothe- apothecaries around either. Like, well, look at look at block look at Blockbuster. We talked about Netflix earlier. Blockbuster yeah, they're finished, and and I think I think. The same is probably going to happen to GameSpot in, in within the next five. If, if the management of Blockbuster, I, I'm sorry, did I say GameSpot? Yeah, GameStop. I, I mean, GameStop. I, I, you know, different, different company, <laughs> same name. If I, I saw a Blockbuster um, uh, retail machine unit at the supermarket the other day, yeah, and it's clearly a reactionary move. It's clearly meant to respond to Redbox. Yeah. If the people that ran Blockbuster had not rested on their, oh, well, look how many stores. Nothing can ever change. Nothing ever moves on. We'll just be selling. You know. Uh, Renting four dollars for three nights, yes, exactly. and twelve dollars every day. You're better, late, yeah. Better not be late. You better bring it back. Right. Um, if they had, if they had see, done what Netflix had done and Redbox had done before those competitors came along, they'd be sitting pretty right now. Well, they the took fact, the pain point away. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they they were complacent, and other people came in and ate their lunch. And that's you know that's the Darwinist nature of of, of business. Drank their milkshake. Exactly. They totally drank their milkshake. Um, but there will always be the the game stops around as long as console games are on on disc. Because right. kids can take allowance money and walk in. And, but I think Best Buy kills GameStop. I, I hope so. The, the pre-order has got to stop. Yeah. Are we going to see a point where console games have gone completely digital as well? I mean, obviously, we're, we're seeing the beginning of it. But is it going to completely go over to that So if side? we do that, the question I have is how do, how do people get consoles in the first place? Because what's Best Buy's incentive to sell price-fixed first-run games? Uh, sorry, con- consoles that they're not going to make a ton of money on. If they're not also selling games, but that's but that's the interesting thing, isn't it? The only way now that retailers can remain relevant is by basically leveraging the entrenched position they have in the things that you do still have to buy at the store, right? And and forcing people to forcing uh, the manufacturers to go along with that. So, like PSP Go, for example, was very difficult to get nobody to retail put that stores in store. because yeah. retail retailers saw that the long end of that was not good for them. Right. You're also seeing them the, them digging into the ground with things like, for example, with Blops. Where if you buy the the PC version of that in the store, you can unlock that and play it at midnight at launch. If you get the Steam version, 
You was there a PC in, version in the store? In the store, yeah. Oh, and wow. if you bought if you bought the PC box, you could play right away. That those are artifacts. Those things will go away. But these, but, these, but this is what I'm saying is that retail, you know, like retailers now are kind of like Khan at the end, you know, with the ships going critical. He's like, I stab at thee with my last breath. Like that <laughs> kind of feels like. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, Where's who's Spock in this whole thing though? Spark, who would Spark? Is Gabe Newell Spark? Who makes the sacrifice? But I don't, but the the difference is that... The good of the many? No, but the difference is in this analogy, the Enterprise isn't crippled. Spark doesn't need to go down into the reaction chamber and sacrifice. Valve and and all the other guys... Well, that totally changes the end of the movie, man. No, the, the, the difference is is that Valve are already moving away at warp speed into the future. Oh, I get it. And you know, and and the reliant is is going to explode. We're and off the rails. Overload, and now, no, I'm going to no, 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 bear with me. I'm going to make this work. Star Trek Three. The reliant, I'm, which I'm, is the rails are like water, four miles behind me is, now, is going to explode, and a new world of life is going to flourish in its wake. Genesis. But, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Chris no, Allen's not going to be in the next movie. This analogy completely breaks down. Okay, so on consoles, the 3D thing. Uh, what's the feeling? I don't get 3D anyway. The stereoscopic 3D, just to be clear. Well, is consoles is because you said Codblops has uh, has 3D even for 360. Codblops has 3D on all platforms, and that's something that I mean, if you bought a 3D TV and you're not getting content from Blu-ray movies because you don't have like a Blu-ray player that does 3D, and yes. there's no movies out right now. Uh, PS3 does just Blu-ray nice bonus. Like, oh, I could play Codblops in 3D. Here's the thing: I'm going to go ahead and tell you when you do iron sights in Codblops. And you look through the scope and like the, the world around the gun blurs out and you look through the scope and it's all in focus and zoomed in a little bit and you like, like can see the tube of the scope of a, like an ACOG scope or something. Fucking cool. Right. However, we have someone who actually owns a 3D TV that can tell I know, us these things. I know. I, I was the first person. I, Jeff and I bought 3D TVs on the same day by accident. Um, it is good. I played Dead Rising 2 in 3D at PAX and I thought it was On it the was, NVIDIA stuff. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean the thing, the thing is the glasses are goofy. Do you feel it's self-conscious sitting there with the glasses? Well, every time my wife hits the room, she laughs at me. I mean, it's not a supporting character. So clearly, <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it's it's tiring. It's a little tiring. On so, the eyes? I mean, not necessarily in the eyes. Like I didn't have a headache or anything like that. But at the end of three hours of playing Cod Blops, I I was more tired feeling than I would have been had I not been playing. But do you feel like it was a better experience? For the 3D? It was great for single player. I would never, ever do that. Like, turning off 3D on multiplayer, I immediately got better. Playing by yourself, that's something you do more with games than you do with movies. (laughs) Like, when you watch movies, you watch movies. We laugh at juvenile things here, by the way. Yes. Uh, So... The games, it's okay because you're, you know, you're playing your single player game. You don't care if someone else yeah. doesn't have the glasses. I mean, your wife's, you know, Gina's just in the kitchen doing stuff or, you know, that's, you know buff that's or sexist, dude. You have only have several rooms in your house, you yes. know. But, what, yeah, but there's a, why does she have to be in the kitchen? Yeah, was she barefoot rooms. and pregnant too? Well, I, Damn, I'm imagining your house and she's walking in laughing at you. Oh, okay. She's, she's, okay. she's doing the vacuuming or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. In another she's room. knitting. Yeah. Yeah. Darning my socks by the fire, looking at TV as well. Sitting on a little settee underneath me. You're sitting in your leather armchair like the dude from the from the Memorex commercial. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have have like Betty Draper in the background pushing the fifty. I have my smoking jacket and cravat on, and wearing my it's not a shared experience as much as watching a movie or TV show. Someone, you know, if you're watching a movie in 3D, they can't enjoy it, but they might want to. Well, but there are plenty of plenty of two player games, cooperative and games that you can play as a pair. Or we play a lot of games together. Yeah. The family, the I'm always on the lookout for, for games that are good cooperative games to play. Like yeah. my girlfriend and I love the Lego games. I'm they're con- great for two players I'm to play together. Continually pissed that Burnout is one person per TV now. 
Because Burnout Three, Burnout Revenge, great games to play with different with like people in a room. I hate split screen gaming though. Like we have the Left 4 Dead games, and you know we play them, but I don't like the split. Screen. Okay. It's better to have the option than not, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, horizontal or vertical split. Well, either way, I don't like it. I, the other big thing that's happened in consoles, not to get back on the rails a little bit, but uh, so are we doing like a, this is what's happened two years since we're, Game Theory? We're, 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 okay. we're doing a catch up. Okay, all right. I mean, we don't have to if you don't want. No, it's good. I'm just no, glad yeah. it's not the thing we said. Well, two years ago, you said two, two years ago. Here's Gary, what actually happened. Gary said something bombastic and crazy, and it turned out to be 100 percent true. And don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure you could easily have found. Oh, we could yeah. be here all day. Oh yeah, I could have done horrible things to you, but I'm not going to. The other big thing in, in consoles, though, is like social content has become a thing. Little Big Planet, I think, was either just out or on the horizon in November of 2008. So people were people. There are games where people create content for the developers on the consoles. Like if you look at Halo Reach with the Forge stuff that they've done, it's it's insane what you can do because it's this huge open world and you can make multiplayer maps inside that that are kind of I mean it's kind of it's not as fully featured as what the developers are clearly using, but it's it's really impressive what you can do with those tools. And they're also tying into social networking stuff on the web like YouTube and Twitter and Flickr and I mean what was it Ryan was playing Sims on on PS3 the other day or Xbox. Hooked it up to his Twitter account, but not knowing what it was going to do, and it immediately spammed all of his followers with like, "Oh, I'm going to the bathroom." The Sims Three. I'm, you know, no, also the, the, the wrapping the Def Jam stuff. And up, yeah, up there's, there's yeah. nothing I find less interesting than people on my Twitter feed or Facebook or whatever going, "I got a new high score in Bejeweled." I honestly could not give a shit. Are you, are you on that that that? I mean, Starbucks having a coffee thing? No, for people who, people who spam me with Foursquare and Raptor type stuff get blocked because I I don't care where you are geographically. <laughs> I don't care what game you're playing. If you have something interesting to say, say it. That's what Twitter's for. Or that you're the but mayor of something or other. Yeah, yeah, I don't want just perfunctory informational updates. But what I do like about games is, or what, I, what I'd like to see more of, is, I mean, at the moment, I've been playing a lot of Tiger Woods uh, 11, and I yeah. just love that game. And, and it's a very difficult game. So when I achieve something, you, you know, if I get a hole There's in, a sense of accomplishment. Uh, yeah, if I get a hole-in-one or something like that, I want to share that. I want to be able to just send that video to, uh, to 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 Facebook or Twitter or something like that. I don't want to overdo it, uh, but you know, once every three months or something, I do something amazing. Um, I think it's 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 good if to be you hole in one a par four. Damn it, you should share that. Yeah, that that's is, right. That is getting better. I mean, it's funny. You, this has been around for a while. The idea, at least, the technology has made it a lot easier. Years and years ago, when I used to work on an Amiga magazine, there was a there was a soccer game that was very popular called Kickoff, mm, and I you could set well. your best goals. You could save them onto a floppy disk. Yeah, yeah. And people would mail us, you know, their floppy disks, <laughs> and we would and we would, uh, you know, take those take those moments and put them then on our cover disk that we gave away with the magazine. So the idea is the same of being able to share moments publicly. Just obviously, the technology has made it infinitely better than it was back in the old days. But we're definitely seeing this now, like Codblop. I love the fact that we get get. Keep getting to bring it up because I think we are making it stick. Codblops. It's going to happen. Has got. It's not again like most of the features in the game is not working properly yet. But one of the great features is this is this theater mode where you can take one of your best kills or like you said particularly crazy interesting moment, right? And it will put it right up on YouTube. Oh, so that's awesome! Yeah, that, that that conduit is directly there. You don't have to go into some proprietary well, game engine or whatever to see or, it. No, know, it's something that anyone yeah. can see. I think so that's e- great. I think EA or EA Sports, they get like 10,000 pieces of content uploaded to their servers every day from people who've scored goals on FIFA oh, yeah. mainly. Uh, and they're all getting two or three views or something like that. But it doesn't matter. It's The, the fact is that it's, it's like getting an achievement. Well, it doesn't matter to anybody else, but it, it matters to you. It's like the Peggle, those pe- those crazy shots on Peggle. Like you see those videos where the dude saves the replay on the 13 million point one ball shot in Peggle. And I mean, 
one of those is going to be a huge hit out of the thousands that are uploaded. The Def Jam thing that Norm mentioned, I mean, Def Jam, Def Jam, ah, Def Jam Rap Star is this game. You could hook up your PlayStation camera, your Xbox Live Vision camera or whatever. You sit down and, and people are making these awesome, terrible, terrible, awesome videos that they're uploading them to the internet. And anybody who – you don't have to have the game to see them. You can just go to the Def Jam website and see the video. Same thing for Noby Boy. Noby Noby Boy. And I mean there's all sorts of cool ways to get content out there. You don't there have to put a camera in front of your TV. Yeah. Anymore. And that's another thing that Connect is doing quite well. You know, Connect Adventures and some of these other games will capture images of you. Oh, those videos. Those pictures striking are goofy poses and, you know, we'll put them up on the internet. There's so, nothing more embarrassing than, the, than that snapshot from the freestyle bit in Dance Central of me kind of flailing stiffly in front of the camera. So I think we can all agree the content sharing portion of that that you guys talked about in the game uh, the the uh, game theory podcast absolutely come true. But I don't know about the content creation, yeah, the, 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 the uh, like the map creation. Have you played Little Big Planet? No, I don't. Uh, you don't have when, when you brought up Little Big Planet. I wasn't I wasn't going with you like thinking, oh yeah, that's one of the big things yeah, that we I saw mean, happen in the last two. Well, years. but I mean, it's kind of not been on my radar. It's, very much. it's become like this crazy super content and infri- copyright and fringy sub genre. These games like that in Mod Nation Racers. If you go into Mod Nation Racers, it is literally a copyright infringement bonanza. There's a Spider-Man in there that some dudes made. There's Mario and Luigi tracks. There's somebody went through and recreated the Princess Peach Castle from Super Mario uh, Super Mario Kart for SNES in this game. And because it's you know DMCA user generated content, it's kind of protected as long as they don't get cease and desisted. Uh, I mean, it's 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 interesting. Because this tiny percentage of people are creating a ton of content, and some of it's actually okay. It's it's almost like the mod scene from the mid '90s on Quake Engine, Unreal Engine games all over again. But the tools are much better, and it's much more accessible. In that anybody that has a PS3, and you know, with with Little Big Planet Two, it'll be a move controller, so you use that as kind of a mouse analog. I, I think the whole uh, the whole area of user generated content is is fascinating. I, I had I had breakfast a couple of weeks ago with a guy who. Spends his life entering contests, video contests. Mm-hmm. So Palm Olive or McDonald's or whatever will will have a uh, you know send in your funniest video. And there's this whole subculture of people, you know, like two three hundred people who just enter these contests. That's their whole life because they want to win prizes. They or? live off this, you know. He, yes, he, this is his job. Right? That's his job. Yeah. He he sits at home and he 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 searches. I think there's a website you can go to West where you can find these contests. And you know he's been to Singapore, he's been to Antarctica. He lives off the prize money. <laughs> this is what he does, and 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 he says that on the whole, uh, you'll only you know these companies will spend a huge amount of money on these contests. On the whole, you'll only get maybe a hundred or two hundred entries. Yeah. For most of them. He said he won one thing. There were two entries. One of them was a, 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 a fat couple sitting on a couch talking about how much they love the product, and there was him, and he'd done this whole ditty and, and all that stuff. And so I think the point I'm trying to make is that there is a tiny, tiny number of people who are actually doing this stuff, and most of them are professional slash semi-professional right and so the idea that you know this this apple utopia where we're all creators is of course nonsense it, it, you know most most of us are not creators and uh, and the people who are use that skill uh in order to to, to live and that, that's how that's how they that's how they make a living so like the mod scene in the 90s most of those guys now working for games company yeah of course you know, they're, they're cliffy b and and that's 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 where i find the, the sort of we're gonna we're gonna open it up to the masses stuff a little bit disingenuous Except, except when you get Minecraft. Except when you when you get that that yeah. that, that breakthrough, you know, when I'm, it hits. I'm certainly not suggesting that we should leave it to the professionals. I, I love the yeah. fact that it's open and that anybody can do this stuff. That talent can be found. I'm not one of these people who looks down the nose at you know TV talent shows because you know talent is out there. There's just not much of it. Right. Uh, and uh, well, and, it's and, the one percent of the one percent, right? Exactly right. 
Yeah, I mean, but, my, my, but again, any any system that allows those people to emerge is a, is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, right. and and I think that the challenge is, I'm really interested to see Little Big Planet too because the move controller and the ability to pick up things and grab them as if you were using a mouse instead of fiddling with thumbsticks and trying to get perspective right and all that is super interesting. So I, I go, I always, I always get these games that have this this kind of tool built in. The one of the first things I do is always fire that up and then get frustrated within like five minutes because it's not easy enough for me to figure out how to do. Minecraft, as Norm rightly pointed out, is the – I don't know if you've played – I know you've seen and played some. A little bit. It's the exact opposite. I mean the tools are dead simple. You work with these giant blocks. Basically, it's you building Legos. It's a metaphor that everybody gets. It's really super easy to do. And people who probably would traditionally not be creators are going into this game and are building these crazy castles. Well, and, that's what's interesting. You know, it's not like there's a, there's norms, a game. Norms, classes, and all sorts of other cool stuff. In the in the old school way, we think of it as a, as a game that is a game first, and then it might ship with a map editor or something that allows you to create content, whereas Minecraft is basically, the game is a map editor. Well, there's an expl- it's it's like two, two of the three MMO hooks, right? So uh, Ralph, Ralph Coster always used to say that MMO hooks are exploration, social stuff, and, uh, a, a, you know, a challenge of combat, whatever. Uh, it hits the exploration and the social stuff perfectly because you can explore. There's not combat in, in the way most people are playing the game right now, but you have this infinite world. And when you walk off in a direction, it just keeps generating new terrain as far as you walk. Mm-hmm. So there's no limit to the world. It's not like you hit the end, edge of, of Azeroth and all of a sudden you're out of World of Warcraft. You can just keep going. If you want to find a place where you'll be all by yourself – and build your your fortress of solitude. You can totally do that, uh, and and the the actual mining and all that stuff is is relatively simple. It takes yeah. some time. Haven't, haven't great games been doing that forever? I mean, Sim City is a, yeah. is a map editor. Civilization. One of one of the, the pleasures of that is not so much just destroying everything else. It's having your civilization with your. Oh, you and I play that game very differently. Sim City is a very clear. I mean, you don't see many videos. Go look at. I mean, there, I think there was one guy that got like a city going up to like it's absolutely mad. Yeah, he ma- he min critical it. critical yeah. occupancy, which was pretty impressive. But that's like the one guy that did anything interesting because there's only so much you can do with SimCity. Right. Minecraft, a guy created a, a fucking functional computer inside Minecraft. I mean, yeah. the, the the more open you make it, the more people can go off and do insane stuff. Well, they add they, they're adding tools and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's 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 interesting how that's happening. I I almost think that Minecraft at some point is going to be a dungeon generator for another game that is a dungeon crawler, right? You know, you go in and you build some castles and then you set the spawn points and you set where the monsters are and you build essentially Dungeon Siege or Diablo 3 in super blocky form at a really high level. And, and you know, it's kind of something interesting happens there. Yeah, these people are always going to be around. I think somebody just got um, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 running on the DS in their own kind of homebrew version of it or something they recreated. I mean, these people are always around. And as you say, it is now a legitimate way for people to get employed. I mean, Counter-Strike... Yeah. Team Fortress 2, Defense of the Ancients. These are all legit games which were created by people that came up out of the community. Yep. yep. So, I, I mean, I guess that, that wraps it up for what I have to talk about. Any, anything you guys want to hit before we uh, close out the show? I think it's been a lot of fun. I, I'm, you know, just to go back to what I think were the two big stories of the week. You know, it's interesting. Microsoft has created two things that are the exact opposite of kind of what I thought they would be. I kind of thought Kinect was going to be the home run and oh, Windows with. Phone 7 would be a bit difficult. And it seems like the opposite. Windows Phone 7 looks like the home run and Kinect, the jury still seems to be out. Not from a sales perspective, from me, from me. From not a, from a sales perspective. In terms of the, the, the long term forecast, like I think Windows Phone Seven looks like it's 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 got a great foundation to go forward. Connect again. Everyone's saying, well, everyone's still in wait and see mode, even though it's out. It's like no one quite knows I mean, that, what it's going to become. Connect and Move have the same same 
problem, I think. I mean, it basically, it's that we aren't going to know if those are good until we see what the good software looks like. And while Dance Central is really interesting and kind of fun, you know, it's not it is a system seller for a large subset of people. It's not a system seller for people like me that like to play sitting on the couch, shooting people in the head games. Uh, Windows Phone 7 on the other hand is a huge, I mean, it's not that huge a surprise because we've seen a lot of it in the pre- preceding months, but it's, it's really a, a happy, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see something that's awesome. I think it always looked great in right theory, right. but you know, the, the, the Eureka moment is always when you get thumbs on with it, right? And that was my first yeah. time with it today, like sliding stuff around. I was like, wow, this actually really looks good. Literally, it's when you're standing on the corner trying to find where you're going and you pull it out to hit the map and it works the first time you, you get the directions you want. And and it's not something you're fumbling with. I mean, that that to me is a big deal. I, I just want to talk about Connect just before we yeah, finish. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it is going to be a, a commercial success. I think it is. A, I hope it's a commercial success. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. I think it also shows to a certain extent how marginalised uh, the the so-called opinion formers are. It doesn't matter how many times GameSpot or IGN or any of those guys kind of turn their nose up about it or, or sort of get sniffy about it. This is going to be a success, and I think it does show that that, that games. Are, are, are a much broader audience than they were even two years ago. Even two years ago when we were talking about Wii, I don't think we really understood just how far... Uh, is is that simply because the market, as with the Wii, the market they're going for are not, are not the people that care about what Giant Bomb or IGN has to say? Yeah, that's right, because the, the games allow people to do the things they want to do. They allow nine-year-old girls to dance in their front rooms. Nine-year-old girls have been doing that for at least 50, 60 years. And, yeah. you know, Xbox 360 with Kinect allows them to do it, and it allows them to have more fun. Well, it lets them be judged. I mean, it lets them know how they're like how good they are. Yes, that's right. And it takes makes them, them feel awesome yeah, about that. Last Christmas, I had a wonderful Christmas with my sister-in-law. She's you know forty years old. She never ever plays video games, and we played with Lips uh, on Xbox mm-hmm. Three Sixty, and we had an absolute brilliant time. And Which is just car- just enhanced karaoke. It's, it's, har- karaoke. it's just a karaoke machine. We, we we probably got fifty sixty hours out of it. I, I can't think of a game that I've played for fifty oh, sixty hours this year. I've had that exact same. I mean, literally Xbox One generation. I took Karaoke Revolution home uh, to my parents at Christmas time. Every night, hey, can we fire up the Xbox and, play, and sing karaoke? And part of it was that that song had a particularly good mix of, of you know, stuff that appeals to me, stuff that appeals to my mom and dad. You know, it had everything from, like, Kingston Trio up to, uh, you know, Nirvana and stuff. I guess it wasn't Nirvana and Kingston. It was bad covers. It's not a great game, but it's fun. Which right. game was this? Karaoke, the old karaoke revolutions. Oh, the yeah. The Konami like, ones. Yeah, yeah. I used to like those. Yeah. So, I mean, all pre-Rock Band, pre-Guitar Hero. Yeah. I think Rock Band and Guitar Hero kind of honed, took that to a really finely honed point and and made something so so what's next what's the other yeah it's the next hobby activity that people have been doing forever that you can make a game out of having sex i mean uh, that's you call a booty dreaming oh i like what you did that was good call of booty why um, are there no porn parodies of games damn it anyway off topic people people like sports obviously we, we see that people like music we see that i mean again this is yeah you're right the next big thing is going to be what's what's the next one exercise we, we see that I, I mean runners running is the biggest hobby in north america jogging fashion jogging, we see on xbox live and then uh, you know how you dress up your avatar i mean i think the yeah. next thing is is that they go is that instead of making kind of bad shovelware for for tween girls that's like the, imagine fashion. Yeah, they make terrible games. Those yeah. are bad games. But they sell like billions. They, but they sell. I mean, I think at some point they'll start actually making good games in those spaces, and and that will open up gaming to a whole other audience. But I don't, I don't know who's going to do that. Well, I think Connect right now, and again, you know, let's. I hope we go out on a limb. So two years later, we can come back, and I'll look either very wise or very foolish. But 
I don't know. I can't make a prediction. It's I, I feel like the Kinect has a, a high possibility of no matter how much money Microsoft throw at it, uh, you know, you can't force something to be a success just by spending a billion dollars on marketing. I mean, it will definitely help. But, it's, but it's, look it's, at New Coke. Look at how much money they spent on that, and people ultimately rejected it. It's clearly well. There's conspiracy theories around New Coke. You know. Oh, that they did it just it's to purpose. Yeah, to disguise the high fructose corn just syrup so they, switch. Just so they could bring back old Coke. No, it was so that they could switch old Coke from cane sugar, which was expensive, to high fructose corn syrup, which right. was not. Right. Without people noticing. That's outrageous. It's crazy. Crazy. I, there, is, there is this element of, you know, part of the reason why the Xbox 360 was so successful was I think Microsoft would, would not let it be anything else. You can throw money at a problem and, and it will shore up a lot of it. And I think they've done that with Connect. Well, they've, they've made a business of that dollars. for the last decade. I mean, let's be clear. Yeah, they did that with Vista and didn't work out so well for them. Right, that was the first. So, time but you've got to have a product. It obviously, helps if you have a product people are actually interested. in. I think people are interested in. in my Connect. mom, my mom asked me about Connect. She was like, "What is this? Something I should get? Is this like Wii? I'm gonna, am I gonna have fun with this? She is a Wii. And it's got a great sales pitch. You, you, you know, you play games without using a controller. Everybody understands it. Yeah. Although in some cases, you know, it's like you sometimes you do want to be holding something. You say you want to, like, you, you'd be more likely to play tennis on Connect. Like it's actually kind of weird. What, what are we doing? Swinging just like the palm of my hand around? Like yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm you not actually want to be holding that something. that whack the ball game in Adventures. I'm not. I don't want any more of that. Yeah, but it's like you know, you actually you actually make it less realistic by taking the physical object away. I want to be holding a driving wheel. I don't. Want well, to Connect be, Two will support actual tennis rackets. So you'll to with, connect, with connect a ball with Connect Two. You'll have to have a bowling ball in your living room. But then, isn't that? But then, how does that square with the message of no controller? Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> wear a glove. Plastic in my you house. Wear a glove with five dots on it. Yeah, I thought it started getting silly when they was when they were selling <laughs> fake like table tennis racket attachments for your Wii controller <laughs> no, and stuff like that. Everybody has to wear the Andy Circus costume with the ping pong ball sewed onto it. So everybody's oh, wearing so lycra suits in their fully, living room, so and we're all like, mo-capped. Okay, so that's a combination of connects, but you've got like the, the PlayStation Move. Yeah, orbs, they all glow, <laughs> colored orbs all over your body, glowy balls. That's the future. So, yeah. you, so you'll get it's back to the future too. Connect will come with a camera and like these like these diving suits. Yeah, these. yeah, everybody wears a lycra suit. You buy a new one for twenty five dollars. Yeah, I don't this is that. the worst idea I've ever had. Yeah, back to the future too. When Elijah Wood <laughs> says to says to Marty McFly, you had to use he had to use a controller. Wow, who knew how prescient that was going to be? <laughs> and they also predicted that three D would be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, five pers- years away. Personally, I'd rather I'd, I'd tra- happily trade in controller free gaming and three D movies for. Self-drying jackets and and self-power sneakers, power laces on. The I, I want the hoverboard. Hover, hoverboards. Hover, fuck hoverboard. everything else. I want the hoverboards. Hoverboards, obviously, being the big yeah. ass. That's what we really want. Hoverboards on water, unless you got power. Oh, so no. bad, so bad. <laughs> that was not good. Well, uh, so special thanks to Colin Campbell for coming by. It's uh, it's great to meet you in person. Finally, we've talked before. It's but, been fun. Thank you for inviting and, me, uh, Gary. As always, it's great to have you here, Norm. Uh, cheers. Anybody want to plug anything before we go? No plugs. I've got nothing to plug this. At and Chen on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, no. Now you've done it. Okay. At, at and that'll do it for this week's show. At Gary Witta, at and Chan. Keep the battle alive. What's I the think status? I've still got, I've still got a, 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 a comfortable edge. lead. Oh, boy. I'm going to start. to do something outrageous. Oh, is this what's going on? You're, you're, we're you're using the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter e-penis battle. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at brand narrative then if we're doing that. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. You're the master. At brand Retweeting without crediting. Yeah, you do retweet without crediting all the time, dude. I don't want to call Yeah. All the what time. About a re- but a retweet inherently has the credit. Yeah. Well, you don't re- you just repost. Sometimes you just repost a, something, a link that was already tweeted by someone. No, else. no, 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 you, no. I, I no, no that's, you did it today. Outrageous. That's bad. That's bad. Twitter yeah. cats. I would yeah. never do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're gonna call you. We're calling you. Okay, for uh, Norman Chan, Gary Witt, Colin Campbell, and myself, Will Smith. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Hi there. I didn't see you. <laughs>
comfortable and you put them on. They are one of man's first inventions. I'm pretty sure actually that Norm linked something that I liked the other day and it really it really stuck well, in my craw. No, 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 it really stuck no. in my craw to include the link because I thought oh every you did, thing you I did it with the uh, the uh, Michael Caine YouTube thing. Yeah, but I didn't get that from anyone. That, that show is unbelievable. No, no, no. You totally got it. He's downloaded the second episode. It, the second episode is actually better than the first one. I saw I saw oh, the clip yeah, with the Ray Winstone thing with Drake Mason. What are you talking about? I have no idea what you're talking have about. You not seen this, this talking to the microphone. We're recording fake outtakes. All oh, right. You don't have to leave it's, your a, it's on. a it's a British show uh, the called The Trip with Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan and Rob Rob Brydon. Brydon and they basically go on this trip around the north of England the two of them being themselves or, or a version of themselves okay. and they have conversations uh, in, in restaurants while they're being served this amazing food and they, huh. they you just sort of see they have these this kind of combative relationship aging aging brilliant people <laughs> it's like get off my lawn humor but it, no there's no. a clip that, there's a clip that went viral where because Rob Brydon in particular is a brilliant impressionist yeah yeah, yeah. and he does this they, well, watch the clip when we go out there yeah, yeah, yeah. they talk about like who does the best Michael Caine impersonation <laughs> and Rob Brydon in particular, is this is, the, what, is, what Michael Caine really sounds like? Is that what yeah. I've seen yeah, popping yeah, yeah. around last yeah. week? It, okay. it, went, it went viral, and there's a couple of other clips that have, that have gone up since then. I'll have to um, check it out. But uh, yeah, it's the best thing it. since The Office. It really, it really is that yeah, good. I've got, I've, wow. I've got to watch it when I get back. The, o- the OG Office, uh, the, the, the original. The original the yes, office. yes, yeah. Have you uh, have you have you been watching the new Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, I, that's very good. As well. I saw a couple of them. Yeah, it is of that ilk, that Doctor Who ish. People have been talking about that. Yeah. But no, the trip is because I think what it is is it's actually a feature film, and they chopped it up into three, three episodes, episodes yep. for the TV. Oh. But yeah, it's just like they're going, they're playing themselves, but in this fictional scenario where they're going around the country. Reviewing, it's kind of like two fat ladies. Yeah, basically, they're reviewing oh. they're reviewing restaurants for a <laughs> okay. newspaper. Okay. So they sit around eating a lot of food in these. Are they actually doing reviews, or are they just pr- no? Like, it's, that's it's the character. Yeah, it's just it's a fake. Okay. it's a fake see. thing. Okay, but it's all like it's basically like my dinner with Andre. They just sit around. I like that stuff. I think that sounds good. But it's really just like, a lot of it is just like here's an excuse for us to do our best impressions, right? Because they're both very good. But well, it's a, it's a yes and situation, right? Right. Yeah. But Brian in particular is just uncanny with some of his like Michael Kelly. Close your eyes, Michael Caine. It's not. They, have it's you not the comedy version. His small man trapped in a box voice. Yes. Have you heard him do that? No. He does a Man trapped in a box. It's, it's, oh, it's the best it. thing ever. Yeah, you you got to watch it. Well, I'm not playing cod blobs tonight. I'm going to do this instead. I think you should do that instead. Yeah. Although there's no way to watch it unless you, you know, torrent it or something. I don't know how you would Boxy even get box. it. I guess wait for BBC America to. Well, the iPlayer is free it. next week, right? Wait, what? The BBC iPlayer is well, yeah, free next that week. That won't be available here. Locked, right? oh. You can get. You, you can, have a way I, around it though. There is a thing on the. There's a thing on the internet called yeah, a proxy service called Expat Surfer. Ah. And you, you you log into that, and it, and everyone in Britain, this is I don't know if this is legal or illegal or not, and it's certainly sure great. Right? Um, but but the, you go to a British the BBC, ITV, Channel Four, Sky, and uh, they think you're in Britain, and so they they, they just serve you your ah. shows. So I get to watch like Coronation Street and EastEnders and, and shows like this. Oh, did you see the death of Jack Douglas? I, I was in tears. I really, it was amazing. Where, the part where he actually died, or the part where Vera came back? Uh, it was all it was all very schmaltzy, but yeah, he dies. And there's there's a character on on Coronation Street, you know, he's been on it for like three or four decades, and uh-huh. one of the most beloved characters, and yes. he died this week. Like in on real life? No, no, no. no. Oh. The they killed the character off. He was they, it was time for him to retire. But they're it's compl- getting close. They're completely shameless about how they they, they make it very sentimental and schmaltzy and and uh, like they play the weeby but, music but this, and get the Vaseline. Well, happened, you know, well, the ghost well, of his wife comes. What back. happened was, yeah, his <laughs> wife had they killed the wife off a couple of years ago because she had like a, a health issues. But they brought her back, presumably <laughs> like as his ghost to like usher him. 
to bring, bring him into the, the final realm. She had not been on the show for a few years, and then they brought her back for this one moment just to kind of because they had this relationship. You English and your soap operas. This is shameless. It is out, yeah. But Korra actually is 50 years old. Is it 60 years yeah, old? It's, 60 about, years it's old. about 50 years old. See, we're killing off all the American soap operas now. All your daytime stuff. The daytime yeah. ones are dying. These off. are nighttime shows in the yeah, UK, they, right? Yeah, they're prime they're, time. They're the top rated shows. Yeah, 15 million people. So what you guys watching? So East Enders and Coronation Street constantly are the top top shows. They used to have <laughs> soaps great outtakes, they don't guys. anymore. Yeah. Like Dallas. This, and, is, uh, this is the most English outtakes ever. These are very English. See, Mad Men is, is, Mad Men is, a, is a soap. I mean, it's, it's a superior soap. I wouldn't but, call it. Well, I guess, I guess you could say that. It's a Mad Men is a television drama. Well, it's, what it, it, you know, it's serialized television now, which we see, you know, I, I like I guess that's got true. away from procedural, like, crime of the week type shows. Yeah. Now we oh, have, like, fuck those Breaking guys. Bad and Mad Men. You see now Walking Dead, you know, that are shows where There's the stories, stories develop yeah. over long periods. Yeah. Well, we, I think we have 24 to think for that, right? Lost. Lost. 24 preceded yeah, Lost. No, they were doing it before. Yeah. yeah. X-Files Lost. did that, yeah. arguably. Well, no, but they but they, they went back and forth. They had Case of the Week and then they had a mythology well, show. Right, right, of course. Now, it's like if you if you had never watched Mad Men and you just dropped into like the middle of the current season, you wouldn't have a clue what's I, going I, on. No, I think you pick it up pretty quickly. Oh, you do really? yourself. I think you do yourself a terrible disservice watching oh, it like that. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But I mean, I, I think if you... If you pick up and, and I mean, I think a lot of, I think that's an in-between show because each of those is pretty self-contained. You may not have the character backstory, but it's not like Lost where if you pick up t- season three, episode five, you're going to have no idea what the hell's going on. That's the problem with, that's, that's why networks are cold on those shows now is because they can't ever grow an audience. They can only lose them. Well, yeah, there's no syndication at all either. Well, there's no, well, there's no, well there is syndication. Lost is in syndication now. Who's going to watch that? Well, that's the, that's the thing. No one, no did, one's going to tune in. It did terribly on through. iTunes. They, 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 they were supposed to be a huge, huge shit on iTunes. Really? But it did really poorly. It's because... Because um, you, well, you watch it once, you never watch it again. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to keep lost. Who wants to watch that thing? Right, it's not like Seinfeld, where you can go back and watch Seinfeld's over and over again. Right. Still funny. Or Mad Men. I mean, you, I can yeah. watch Mad Men again and again because you see more and more things. You know, the depth of the characters. Well, Mad, Mad Men is a show that is. Inc- I mean, there's so much depth, like either the way that shots are composed and the. It's shot like a movie. Is, yeah. Yeah. The problem with Mad Men is it makes me want to drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Fundamentally, something I probably. Shit, I don't be need to watch that to feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You okay. see, do you see Conan's new show yet? I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's on TiVo. Is it what? It's not very good. Why not? It, 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 it's like his old show with a uh, smaller production value. Huh. His first first two interviews were... Does he have Andy? Great. The yes, bit, he does. initial bit was okay. The first bit the he did. I heard the yeah. cold open was good. The cold open was good. I mean, it feels like Conan on cable. That, it, it just seems so weird. Like, you, you think they would have taken an opportunity to kind of do something different. It's by, I remember when Jimmy Fallon came on the air, and I think that said... I like Fallon a lot. It's like... I can't believe that it's the one formula on TV that you will just never, ever change. Oh, look, here comes the guy in a suit from behind a curtain. He tells some jokes about the events in the day's news. Well, but they do change And he goes, sits behind a desk, a guy comes out. It's, it's the well, format like, never changes. Like Tim and well, Eric and all those shows are late night shows. I mean, that, the, the thing is there's variety show and then there's that, that talk show is a really, like it's a specific format. There's the couch talk show and then there's the desk talk show. But the so Colbert, Oprah, Colbert Carson do, do that's so well. I mean, yeah. like, and that was that, but that was the ridiculous. Because again, from reading this Leno Conan book, it was really interesting. They said they, they didn't want Leno to cannibalize Conan's ratings by yeah. coming on earlier. And so, the, so the one concession that they did was, well, we'll take the desk away. Yeah. So now it won't seem like it's just the Tonight Show all over again. That was yeah. all they did. Yeah. And that's considered innovation. Take this is the stuff that the Larry Sanders show was joking about years ago. Yeah. Oh, we're going to take the desk away and just put you in. You're going to connect better with the audience now. There's no desk between you and you and them. <laughs> I've been watching that, that box set, by joke. the way. It still really is one of the best. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched this since they were on. Oh my god, just incredibly good. But that, that was considered innovation. was, oh, we'll move this pot plant two feet to the left. Like, now we're really changing up the formula now. I'm, I'm turning... What if we put the band on the right? <gasps> the audience will never accept that. The band... 
Wow, the band is on the right always, isn't it? No, one always, no, on one. late night, the, the Max Weinberg band was on the left, and Letterman, the band is on the well, left. Well, and, and uh, on Fit, uh, uh, Fallon, it's on the left, too. You're talking about no, the, left's on the, right. for the audience. For no, the no, audience. no, no, because no, they the face roots this, are on the right. The roots are, the roots really? are on the right for the audience. Max Weinberg oh, was yeah. on the left, and the new band for Conan is also on the left. It's not Max Weinberg anymore, either. Right, but that's, but that's again, Ra- that's, Max Weinberg, I mean, that, his, that's, his that's slightly less expensive up brother. The format is putting the band on the left rather than the right. Well, remember when Letterman switched from a double-breasted jacket all the time to single-breasted jackets? You know, it's kind of revolutionary I'm actually, TV. I'm actually kind of bummed because I because I came over here. I think around the time that Letterman was already established, like the the late nineties. Oh, he was really funny when I was. Well, a that was the thing. Reading reading the books, I, I, I just got, Letterman was actually doing some really outrageous stuff in his early, and then he's become more like Johnny now. It's more just the. You watch him now and you uh, think, well, who really cares? No, 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 dude. It's, the thing is the standards have changed so much. What he was doing that was innovative and really kind of adventurous in 1984 is, is something that we do on the live show here today. Right. On Fridays. Right. But, I mean, but, then, but it was never really even that clever, was it? It was like we're going we're gonna... to – Weed whacker a cake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're going to drop some stuff off a building. Velcro suit. And, that's some, and don't get me wrong, that is entertaining television. Yeah. But I don't know how that's like genius or something, the way they were talking about it. The Velcro suit was pretty smart. The Alka-Seltzer suit, did you ever see that? I saw the Alka-Seltzer suit yeah. and the Velcro suit. 